season. This is Danai Hall at HDNI on Twitter. And I'm Randy Rowe, Randy in real life, RTO on Twitter. <laughs> yes. And we are back. We're back with another week of finance goodness. Wow. I said that and it sounded corny to me. No, it, it, it's, on, it's only like you didn't believe what you were saying. Is that because yeah. <laughs> you might have to do with that long, that long <laughs> mic review we're doing right now. <laughs> yes, it might. It might have something to do with that. Um, guys, uh, we're going to continue until we are continuing, but not quite in, in the way that um, we have been doing it in the past. I know we're going to stop, but I don't have a pretty way to put it. It can get pretty boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, you look at a lot of stocks all the time, just naturally when you do what Dana and I do, in terms of being serious about investing, and then we talk about it normally. And then, of course, that's pretty much all that most people that talk to me talk to me about. Yeah. And that's what they see on Twitter. So for you guys, it might be the very first time hearing us talk about um, PTL or Proven or Tricky or whatever, but to us, it's like maybe the 80th time for that day. <laughs> <laughs> not that that matters to you guys not that that matters or it should be bad for you guys but it does mean that we don't want to be dreary with this so we are as we've done before breaking up those episodes with um other things and this episode i hope is one of those fun broken up episodes we'll have a guest who you'll hear a little bit later and we are just going to talk about stuff that's happening in the market because we also don't want to lose that current feel and a lot of things have indeed, happened indeed it's the last time we spoke it's quite a um, bit yeah, which I'll start with one that I, I think one of the hot ones for this week is last week's episode where um, mm. I made <laughs> I made a little that, that, that little wish wish to the universe about uh, Mailpack and their yes. at the time impending dividend. Yep. Yeah, people, Ooh. would you believe the, when you know what happens behind the scenes here, it is a weird <laughs> set of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get excited about the things you think we would, and we don't worry about the things you would. The things we worry about are things you wouldn't believe, and the things you think we celebrate usually aren't. Uh, so I'll be lazy and just say that I'll insert in the clip right here. I'll be surprised it's more than one cent, which would be one percent. One percent as at um, mm -hmm. IPO price. Yeah. Yeah. You know that standard one cent dividend, one percent dividend. <laughs> I really hope we're wrong. I hope them blow us up the water like a 4% dividend. Uh, so you guys who are listening just heard a clip where we said that, you know, they have a nice dividend coming. They have a nice possibility. Then I said, mm -hmm. maybe not. Yada, yada. You just heard it. Point is, it ends with me going, I hope they give us a nice dividend. I hope they give us something like, you know, for a, for a nice 4%. And yep. so said, so done. Mm -hmm. They gave exactly 4%. Mail pack. Uh, and that, that was 4% at, I don't remember if the price was higher. But sorry, it was 4% based on, on... On IPO price. IPO price, correct. So it was 4 cents. Exactly. Exactly. 4 cents. And how long have they been listed? They've listed December last year, like mid-December yep. last year, 2019. Mm -hmm. So we are a little... Sorry, that's actually a really good dividend, especially in that short period of time. Six months in, a 4% mm -hmm. dividend and cap gains of... I, I don't know, cap gains of... of 100 percent. Mm. Well, How much percent? Was, was, was the price? I said 100 and something. I'm assuming it's above $2. It closed today at the day we're recording this. We're recording this on the 7th of July. It closed today at $1.91. So oh, it so it's 91% gain, um, cap profit. Cap gains 
yeah, cap gains of 91%, 91% profit in six months plus 4% dividend um, on top of that if you have stayed in since IPO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this market is not a normal market. And this is while the market is going through a dip. Yep. Yeah. It's a really blessed time to be alive in this market. Um, I don't know what much else I can say uh, other than I mean, I'm really happy it, ha- it happened. One of the, why I mentioned earlier that the conversations and the things we're excited about or worry about is actually I am not the one who did who, who did the who put together the ads for that episode. And some of you might have seen the ads on social media, the video of it. And so I saw the video at the same time everybody else saw the video. Yeah. And I was so surprised because I didn't even remember that I'd said that <laughs> on the podcast. I thought, you know, it was, it was take note. Uh, and not because it's not great or not a good guess. I think it's a great guess. It's just, it's not, in fact, it's not, it's not that really big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really that big a deal. But I, based on the messages I've gotten, and and the things I've heard and the conversations I've I've had, it it is it, it immediately get me worrying because people are immediately going to start going, oh I know something. I worry about people thinking that so much, probably unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But no, I know the same thing everybody else know. I saw the financials we made, I guess. And we're not the only one. I think we should big up um eight seven six invest mm-hmm. who uh I, I want to get their their insta handle right i mean big them up they've had them on a podcast before we'll have them again but they on their instagram i saw i think a story where one of the members i think it's sean i'm not sure if it's sean i think it's sean and somebody else going from memory here but they're pretty much having a conversation where they worked out what they what they they thought the dividend could be and whether or not it could be big and i like that they came at it also from a nice Mm -hmm. logical direction and hit it on the nose i don't know if they hit on the nose with four percent also but i think i know i remember seeing definitely above two percent which they're again right Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean big them up consistently They, they continue to impress uh what else happened then i what else happened? Uh, Alright, so uh on the topic of dividends, you have Indies. Yes. Indies, the big, big, big di- yo, people, four percent might have been a good dividend, right? Four uh, percent on big IPO dividend. price. <laughs> yeah, on IPO price. Indies. Yeah. Given four percent on current prices. This is yes. Yeah. Uh, that that huge, 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 huge thing there. Indies what Fourteen cents. Fourteen cents. Yeah, dividend fourteen cents. And it is, um, it is. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. When they declared it, it so there was a little bit of a mix-up with the declaration of oh, it, yeah, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. That was that was the issue. There was a mix-up in the declaration. So it was declared on Friday, the third. Mm-hmm. And it is declaration... a dividend of 0.14 cents. Well, there are a dollar sign on it. Yes. Yeah, so the actual know, wording was. Yeah, you know, it's a thing there. The, the wording was. I have it in front of me. Indies Pharma Jamaica yes, okay. Limited has advised that their board of directors on June 25th, 2020, passed a resolution for an interim dividend of 0.14 cents per stock unit to be paid on July 30th, 2020 to stockholders on record at the close of business on July 14th. Ex-dividend date is July 13th. So this was the original wording of the notice on July 3rd, right? 
And on July 3rd, their price, I mean, they, they closed the day at $2.33. Yeah. Which gives us a yield at that price. It would give us a yield of, even then, that's still impressive, you know. No, apologies, I'm making the same mistake. Which gives us a yield based on JC's original notice mm -hmm. of 0.06%. Percent, yeah, just small, to be honest. Yeah, which is what we'd expect from a regular dividend, right? Yeah. In fact, I think in the past, their dividend has been around that, that level too. No, I know. So the previous dividend was $0.08. Cents. Mm, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yes, they did have a strong dividend. Yeah, after they after they had paid off the loan, they, they had a strong well, dividend. This is a, this is a jump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, JC had this, and then I think... What happened is that people knew about the 14. Heard, people, I think people, what people were querying people... it. All right. All right. So the first the first notice mm -hmm. had let me drive up my thing. I have something. Well you have a you have a screenshot of it. Uh not good enough screenshot. Of it. I have okay. things I, I was speaking about it. Okay. Yeah, on Twitter, <laughs> where Danny nah, has... I, I was not speaking about on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Danny has no voice on stocks, in though. It, it, he, has, he has learned how terrible that fire can be. But I do remember, I think, seeing... Um, I know Phil Berg Invest mentioned it. I saw him tweeting about it. Mm -hmm. And he had a screenshot, actually, of both of those... Um, of both of those of, of the notice on both dates this is the thing is the notice was changed twice so the very first notice looked very mm -hmm. different and then the 0.14 came after so it's the issue there <laughs> it changed twice so it originally said 14 cents no yeah. so it said it said 0 0.01 0 0.14 cents and it had a dollar sign on it so you know you don't usually have a dollar sign if you're saying cents. So people, are, people, so the original query people have been was, is it fourteen cents or point one four cents? Mm -hmm. So people are confused at that point. Then they change it to point one four cents, no dollar sign. So that's one you have. So point one four cents is a clarification to me to say, oh, it's not fourteen cents, right? So when that when that change it was oh it was four it was it's not fourteen cents anymore it's point zero one four point zero zero one four cents so my point zero zero one four dollars <laughs> so you know it, it looked pretty different at that point but then no was, we're getting clarification that it's for it's actually fourteen cents which is huge huge changes yeah. the yield immediately. So at the same two dollars thirty three, we we'll change the yield to six percent yield. In America, we're used we're used to one percent and two percent dividends. Three percent yeah. is good with a six percent yield. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In fact, the, the last year twenty nineteen, the um largest dividend by overall, so main market and and junior market, um the largest dividend came from scotia mm -hmm. if you work on average price it came from scotia in terms it, i think it was eight percent eight point something percent mm -hmm. um yeah uh, yes 2019 
Scotia's average price was $54.15. And the mm-hmm. yield, they had a, yeah, the yield was, was 8.7. Exactly, for the entire year. Every, every dividend scraped together and then added together until the yield was 8.7. Exactly. And, in this and you would have had to you'd have had to get your average price below fifty four, yep, which is important. So not everybody would have gotten that, right? Um, and even then, that's eight point seven percent. You have to wait four quarters for an entire year. And this in one quarter giving us this. Exactly. That that is a huge thing, huge huge thing, and it's a huge thing to get wrong because a lot of people would have made investment decisions. Decisions based on that, yeah. Yep. Including me, I know people. Actually, yeah, I, 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 I yeah. yeah, you know, I did. <laughs> I was yeah. looking. I, I, my first sight, I said to myself, "Yo, they're not paying no fourteen cents dividend. That's number you know, six, no six percent yield." So I just said, "Okay, never mind." I even got confirmation from two from so people getting secondary source. People, so some people were saying to me, "Oh, yo, I called Indies and they're saying it's fourteen cents." I know a guy. He's and. They spoke with somebody from Indies and it says 14 cents. And I just couldn't believe it because the person I actually got, my, my official source, JSC, mm-hmm. is saying mm. it's not 14 cents. So I must believe this guy that called a guy and this guy tell him, say, you know, and then so two people, not, not two, wow. three, three people got the confirmation. Mm-hmm. A man said, call Indies and speak with somebody down there, a finance manager or something. Mm-hmm. And he said 14 cents. So, <laughs> you get me? I get confirmation yeah. of that sort three different times of the day. And I said, nah, JSC said this. Why would I fight JSC, you know? And then, the- end of day, change. And the change isn't bad. People are human. Anybody can do it. My issue with the change is they don't that tell they us. made... They didn't, and they, they, if you look at it, they didn't even change the notice. They put Time. out a second notice. Yeah, they just the, went in and edited the original the notice. Guarantee. There's no, there's no, there's nothing there even to say that this was edited. The current on, notice was exactly. edited. Look on the time. If this is all oh, 3.27 p.m. on Friday. They, they backdated that change. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what I did is I just went in and e- yep. edit the code. I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it's a WordPress website. So, I mean, they, they can edit the actual mm-hmm. words without changing. Without changing, yep. Yeah, it's just a posting date. So, mm. edited, and it was edited more than once. So, now the, the, it says that an interim dividend of 14 cents to be paid out yep. on July 30th. Um, still a huge dividend. Still mm-hmm. a big deal. Huge. Four, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At $3, that's a dividend yield of 4.6%. That's still crazy. That's still huge. That's double, more than double what we get in the market usually. Wow. For dividend yields. Yeah. For two, 1%. That's, a, that's heavy. Yeah, at six dollars, you get a two. Yeah, I was, I was, I was exactly that. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Six dollars, it, it, it will take you to six dollars to give you a regular yield in the market. A, a regular one year yield, and it's not necessarily a regular yield either. Hmm. That kind of yield, that kind of yield is, um, well, it wouldn't have made the top 10 last year, but it would have fallen right below. The, the, the lowest on my top 10 last year was Epley. The 3. average 5. price of thirteen forty-seven and a three point five percent yield, yeah. but a two point odd percent at six dollars, and the price is currently, as at the day we're speaking about this, it is currently 
two dollars and ninety two cents. Actually, below yep. three dollars. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, two dollars ninety two cents. Still a four point eight percent yield. Yep. Wow, that's a big deal. That's a big. That's a big big deal. Wow. Hmm. Um. Luckily, we know now. So the two big dividends <laughs> are there, and nowadays, especially because the finance guys are prohibited from having dividends. Uh, anybody who is paying out a big dividend like this is definitely going to attract some attention. I think yep. we see the same. We see that with huge volumes crossing the floor for Indies over the past few days. In fact, mm-hmm. from last week, June nineteenth, or I should say, from the last two weeks, June nineteenth, of two million. The, the thing there, they look at from June 11th or there, well, June 11th, June 12th, when the financials, that is when are, it started, financials yeah. are released. And then mm-hmm. because they had, a, they had a great profit. Remember, we had we spoke about that on our review. We did. They had some great yes. profits. And so there's a, lot, a good amount of activity around that time. It kind of died down since. And then the dividend does whoop, spike it right back up. Yep. But you see a lot of, a lot of volumes going in. And we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of trades also. I know yesterday there were almost 100 trades on it. Today, 75 trades on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people are jump. I think people are realizing it's happening and jumping. And it's big volumes. Two and a half million units yesterday. Two and a, close, that's about 2.4 yesterday, 2.4 today. And I think this will continue. Yeah. I think as people realize and try and jump in because this is really a big deal. I mean, literally, yep. you can have $2 million, buy something, make four percent on it in what two weeks mm. even if you have the fees of let's say you have fees if you have a good broker you have one of those lower fees and you your fees overall fee like maybe one one and a half mm. maybe you lose three percent six percent of a dividend three percent of fees you still have three percent you made off a million dollars in two weeks after fees mm-hmm. um, yeah and all that's <laughs> all ties in well with the recent news around indies Disclosure of a private placement bond mm-hmm. where they're developing at least two new drug applications for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So they're seeking approval. Mm-hmm. Develop and get approval for at least two abbreviated new drug applications mm-hmm. from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So, yeah. And they had acquired a property. Yes. Yeah. Something for, for um, I think, their expansion. Three acres of land in Mobe. Yeah. Yeah, which I got a they, they got a bond, a private placement of a bond, one point one two billion dollars mm-hmm. from so, yeah, Santa Corsa. They're doing they're doing they're doing quite a bit. So it's funny because I just spoke about them and called them the potential company where you they have a lot going on. They have no debt on the on the balance sheet and they have good cash, good profits. So they can move into they can take on more debt and move into move into business. Or those you what they have now and expand. And here they are doing exactly exactly that. So the potential is now being realized and they're moving into newer heights. So congrats in this heavy dividends and more profits in the future. Yeah, congrats in this. And congrats to all the people who have gotten in and all the people who I'm sure are going to want to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you're serious about dividends, if this is one of the few times where if you care about dividends, this is something that you can actually get. And the fact that it has it's still below three dollars. Yep. At this point, 
<laughs> this point. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it announced on Friday and it's Tuesday and you can still get below two. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of it might have been because of JSC's. Yeah, people We know a good amount of people that were just wondering what's going on here. So, mm-hmm. too much ambiguity. So, I guess because with new clarity now, people can make a decision knowing that, hey, this is what it is. Exactly. Exactly. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I can be open and say that I have bought and I will continue to be buying. Oh, yeah, man, I bought buying, some. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're and I see some more opportunity for buying. Yeah. You look at the queue and see, boy, some more $3 are there, some less, some below $3. I can't see why not, to be honest. So. It's below $6, brother. I am into, and it's not like the company is not good. The company exactly. is strong. Yeah. yeah. So, below, congrats I, also to Future Danai. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see myself buying it all the way up to maybe five. I wouldn't I don't know if I'd go in at six, but then I, I have yeah. I wouldn't I probably wouldn't go in at six. It depends on it also of course depends on your own timeline and your own I mean, goals. If, and if I think most about importantly it, thinking we are about not it investment I'm sorry that I forgot we're talking oh, okay. so deeply oh, about yes. buying uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh guys, just in case you don't know. We are not investment advisors. I'm not a licensed investment yeah. advisor. Neither is Danai. Neither is any guest on the show unless they say they are. And even then, while they're on the show, they are not giving people investment advice. We're not in yeah. the investment advisory business. All right. Anything you hear here, go and speak to a licensed investment yeah. advisor about it mm-hmm. and whether or not you should buy it. Yep. Oh. So, yeah. sorry, Danai, you're saying yeah, something yeah, just yeah. now. I, I was thinking about it, buying at six. If you look at with the new growth they've had, if you buy at mm-hmm. six with this silver property, if this. Two, 2.3 dividend yield right now. So mm-hmm. at six dollars, you get a 2.3% dividend yield, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going into new business. So to me, I can see space. I can see space for your buying at, somebody buying at six dollars with a longer with a longer time horizon and just the dividend. They're looking for your over a year time or more. And they want yeah. some more the, the profits will come out. So more they get more profits from the company. The company start continues growing. At six dollars, mm-hmm. a two point three dividend yield. The, the dividend cover your thing there. It covers your fees of entry. Yeah, more than more than cover well, your I fees. I usually say like a two to two to two and a half percent. It has covered your fees already. And mm-hmm. if you have a low broker, you see, it already cover your fees yeah. at six percent. At fourteen cents, the six percent, mm-hmm. it can cover your entrance, your exit, yep. and still leave profit, depending on the price you go in. Yep. And at six percent, if you are looking for longer term growth. I mean, they have the usual signs of any big blowing up junior market company. The first quarter, the, the, the first quarter <laughs> profit is about half of the whole of last year's profit. <laughs> and last year was a record year, that sort of thing, yeah. which it actually is. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at them now and last year they made in the entire year 136 mil in comprehensive income. Um, and for these three months, so that's what, February, March and April, February to April 2020, they made $69 million. So that's wow. That <laughs> is roughly half, a little more than half, actually. If you want to get technical yeah. on the EPS, yeah, $0.05 cents to $0.10. Cents. That is not a joke. Thing. It's a growing company. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I bought more. <laughs> I'm comfortable saying, you know, because I've already bought some and, I, and I'll continue to buy more. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, Hopefully, oh, sh- I, I know that they would have passed. <laughs> I know they would have passed and I've owned even more. But yeah, especially because yeah, if the, the, you look at the queue, there is some 
interesting volumes here that mm-hmm. have been grabbed up. So for the people who are hungry, talk to your licensed investment advisor about that. Yep. <laughs> Please. Ah, <laughs> uh, what else interesting has happened on the market? Oh, okay, mm. we should give a big up to our well, previous guest. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Big up to our previous guest on the show, Kwame Brooks. So we had Kwame speaking about Forex once and very, very knowledgeable person. He recently got a promotion. So big up Kwame in his new role at JMB. He's now the country treasurer. He's, so he's moved from general manager treasury and trade, trading and treasury, and he's now assuming the role of country treasurer. So big up Kwame, reaching new heights. Yeah, big up Kwame. I mean, it was obvious when it was on the episode. I yeah. really like that episode. And a lot of people do like that episode. It's the, the Forex episode where somebody who actually knows about Forex mm-hmm. has spoken strongly. Somebody profitable in inve- yeah, investing man. across exactly. the board. Yeah. Yeah, so so in case anybody didn't know, when, I mean, he said his title on it, but now then I told his new title. And yeah, big up Kwame for this. Um, might, if he's open to it, we could have him back on if he's open to it. Because I, I, I still get, you still get told about Forex things, especially in these um, thriller near oh, yeah, 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 bro. Bro, it's, 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 <laughs> it's more, I, I had a deep dive into somebody's Forex, Forex page today because I was, in, I was incredulous. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah, the things I'm seeing, boy. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> it's getting crazy. It's get, yeah. it, it is getting crazy out there. There are people, trust me, be very, very careful. Don't let anybody lead you astray people who yeah. are a friend messaged me sure. asked me if i if i do forex and i said no and he said why and i, I told him yo one most people that selling it the class thing it forex it's it's almost like a business model the way they do it now like for it is a why, business model it is a business model forex people yeah. generally for a lot of forex people have one way of yo this is how we come across they show you a couple profits a couple times and then they Selling the lifestyle heavily. It's a heavy lifestyle sell. They tell you they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing that. And it's not really millions. Big. You'll make millions in months. Yeah. You you hardly find them talking about yo this. They talk more about yo, I buy this, I buy this, I buy that. And then they sell their class and realize that yo, the class full. Most people make a bag of money out of the class, they start wondering, yo, which one became more money, the trading or the class? <laughs> so, right? Yeah. So yeah. We've said uh, it, I've said it. We said it in that episode, and we said again that people should be careful. And mm-hmm. yeah, the people who doing the class, I, I like saying this, especially because I know I have a class. The people who are doing a class to teach you something should be able to do that thing that they're teaching you and mm-hmm. be able to live off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they should be able to stand up to any scrutiny. You should be able mm-hmm. to question them. You bring in an expert that shouldn't be afraid or sarcastic. I've seen some of those people. Some of the things I've seen, especially on Twitter, responses I see people start drag other people in certain ways. They've yep. gone to people, they're moderate. You're never going to see me go down that road. As passionate as I am, because at the end of the day, the thing that you're teaching should be accurate. You should know it. It shouldn't be a scam. It shouldn't require me signing up anybody else. <laughs> and it should be able to stand up to scrutiny. Yeah. All right? On its own. People who don't have that, I... I I can't. I can't tell you nothing. Talk to them and talk to to your licensed investment advisor yep. <laughs> to see what that is for you. And I, and I don't want people to tell this to say that again because you know we're going to hear the opposite. I don't know why we're in Jamaica. We're so we're so, we're so extreme driven. Um, it's not that we're against forex either, as you'd have heard. Yeah, on yo, that it's not, I actually quality. want to learn that, but I, the yeah. thing is, I'm, I'm not sure I can trust the sources. So I don't, the people that are selling forex too. 
boy, mm. I, I don't know. It's funny because the people I know, of course, are profitable. They're not talking about it like that. They talk about profits. They 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 talk strategies. And they're open with it. Um, name on Twitter, Jordan on Twitter. That's the guy I wanted to mention again. I forgot his Jordan, Jordan Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Is that Fibonacci? Yes, Fibonacci sequence. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the Fibonacci sequence. No, sir. <laughs> it's an A. It's an A. It's an A. <laughs> yeah. So Jordan, Jordan Fibonacci. Big up Jordan. He talks yeah, for it completely. And he's always, he's always laughing at the boy. The, the notion of I sell. I do this. So I need to sell it. This. He he says. Right? Imagine Goldman Sachs approach and say, "Yo, I do this. I do this and this with forex." I'm going to say that class. <laughs> That's not happening, right? People that are successful uh, in it. So he, he speaks about his profit. It's, he goes deep into your, the motive behind it and whatever. And mm-hmm. he's not saying me no class. <laughs> so you get me? So yeah. if, it's funny because these are the person that you want to teach a class. Exactly. The, the profitable fact, guy just chilling. Exactly. I've seen more sensible forex on his page than i have from many a class page and i've looked yep. on a lot of those class pages yep. yeah obviously the people with sense always show no matter what i think why they why they shy away but i think why it's forex people specifically that are doing it right why they shy mm-hmm. away from the class aspect is because they know what everybody else doing the class thing doing like they say, I can't, I, I can't be that scammy guy. <laughs> I understand. I understand too well. I, I, do, I say it openly at grow. I say, yo, I am in a space where I talk. And a lot of the other people I see that try to do what I do, they're just openly scamming. And I, that it puts even more pressure on me to ensure that what I am telling people is accurate. And what I'm, what I'm selling people is something that can stand up to scrutiny, which it can. I mean, I, I don't worry about that, but. I understand why completely because every day I consider not doing it. I consider not saying it at all. Uh, so I don't have to, so I don't I don't have to, to force the comments. It, force to start back classes, sir. Yeah. I mean, people probably would know. <laughs> you pressuring me. You're running on start back class. I was like, yo, what's up for the classes? <laughs> yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, the second I start it back, I hear it say, you see, you need a class to make money. <laughs> I went I months without doing it. Oh, boy. Yeah, please, nobody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, please so one side and the next sure. side, Vic. So. <laughs> yeah. And if people want to find something to say, they will always find always it. always find so, it to say, definitely. Yeah. So after all of that speeches, um, big up Jordan Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Yeah, on Twitter, Fibonacci. I'm going to check to see how that word is pronounced. You're probably right. Fibonacci. It's, it's a and name of a scientist. Class. Right? No, yes. And he, he formulated the Fibonacci sequence. So he formalized there it as that thing. Exactly. I just saw he said Fibonacci. You're, you're, you're a Kumsai guy, though. You, you, you work with Fibonacci. Huh? You're a Kumsai guy. You work with Fibonacci. No, yeah. No, I know the Fibonacci. Again, you know, it's, it's yes, just, I, I know, know it, it, in like my mind, names. it's yes, Fibonacci. You, you like the butcher names, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> big up wow. Big up Miss Julie J. <laughs> big up Miss... Big up Jillian. <laughs> big up Jillian every time. Um, uh, so... So... There is a big up to Jordan. There's a big up to Miss Miss Villain. Of course, there's a big up to Kwame. Um, we're happy to have somebody with obvious class again on the show. We've had a good long run of oh, class. Good point, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. Um, and along that line, is it a segue? <laughs> along that uh, line, I yes, introduce yes, yes. our current guest. So let me give the people yes. some. Yeah, let me give the people some context. We have. <laughs> 
I think two or three missing episodes that nobody has ever heard. This guest was on one of them. Um, he had tweeted. He was, con- he was contributing to our Twitter conversation. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually, big up Miss, J- big up Miss Jilly J. See, oh, I said yes, it clearly. Big up Miss Jilly J because the, the conversation was around something. She had to said, Jilly. "Yeah, yes, so she in- had picked some stocks, one, three, eight. Yes, and pulse, and somebody had tweeted to say that, hey, um, the stocks Miss JDJ picked at the time are now worth this. This is the percentage gain, and said if you bought them when Miss JDJ said it, then you'd have had this percentage gain on it. Mm-hmm. And our current guest, he came in to say, he, he came in to not disagree with the notion, but disagree with some aspects of it about based on the volume and liquidity of the market mm-hmm. and those stocks in particular. And we just you know, we call him on to have a conversation with him. But a really good conversation, actually. Mm-hmm. I really missed that episode because I, re- I really liked doing that episode. One of those episodes that yeah. I was talking of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Uh, the people like those episodes, as do I. Um, but yeah, we had a great conversation there. And that's yeah. when I learned about, uh, what's it called? Time Machine on Mac. Because <laughs> it's the first time I've lost a file on Mac and I have searched people for that file. It's supposed to be backed up in the cloud. N- nothing. I've searched and searched and searched. We don't have it. And it's such a good conversation. So I, I was sorry for that because we had we came to a great end of the conversation and um didn't have it. So nobody has heard it. Even yeah. I haven't even heard it again. And we always wanted to bring him back. So this week we are bringing him back. He's the one and only Dimitro Isan. I'm saying your name wrong. I'm sure I'm saying your name wrong. Well, no, you can it, was, it. it was decent <laughs> enough. That's fine. Oh, wow. Okay, Randy, no, well, Randy, 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 you should clap yourself oh, right now. <laughs> thank you. I will I will clap myself. <laughs> um, but um, Dimitro, I, what I, Dimitro, I struggled the last time to introduce you, and I'm going to struggle again, but I'm not going to struggle again this time because I'm actually just going to allow you to introduce yourself. Indeed. So you can tell me who you are and what you want people to know about you, what you do, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Demetra. Um, um, I've been in Jamaica for two years now, working uh, for Digicel here. Um, and all my career, I've been doing strategy consultancy, uh, transformation, really? large projects. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. my background. Uh, You're yeah, I, have an, I have interest <laughs> for finance as well. Um as a side thing, uh, but yeah, recently I've just been posting a lot about communication and tech and why it's important and, you know, how people can improve there and also, mm-hmm. you know, add into the conversations on Twitter about, you know, hiring practices and salaries and uh, interviews in Jamaica because I feel like there are lots of myths and misconceptions about it. You know, when I talk to people or when I look at uh, what people are tweeting about, so I feel like uh, I can contribute a little bit there with some clarity, hopefully. Uh, so uh, a point, recently, though, a point. Randy, hold on. Yeah, go a ahead, point. Dan. Uh, he says he has interest in finance as a side thing. Well, he didn't say that he's quite qualified in the finance field. <laughs> that is true. That is true, Dimitro. Tell the people you find it, please. Tell me finance chops so they don't think that you're just talking. Look, yeah, I, I did uh, I did economics as my BSc. I did uh, masters in finance in London. Uh, I worked, uh, you know, in in house M and A 
Um, and yeah, I, I tried to finish the CFA as well, but I only did two levels of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm qualified, but you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I, I learn <laughs> a lot, uh, every day. I learned a lot from you guys in your podcast. So, you know, wow. Oh, very, very thank often you. the mark of oh, thank you yes first <laughs> very, very often the mark of an expert is i'm not an expert <laughs> that that and is that to is me, to me, you're, you're very sensible in your thoughts about finance and you said a lot of things that are proved true over time so big up big yeah. up sir big up yeah and um just so we can start it off so the people know where to find you you are on twitter at... oh, yes yeah just my yeah. first name and my last name said D, yeah, just D M Y T R O A S O N. Hmm, even I spelled that wrong. Someone say it again. D M Y T R O. Yeah, most people uh, spell yeah. it wrong. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, we think Dimitro, we got D Y, but yeah, Dimitro. Okay, and you're originally from? I remember I'm asking Ukrainian. that last time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I now remember very clearly that part of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, of course I don't want to have the people thinking that we're leaving them out. So you are from Ukraine, which is that's like what Northern Europe? Mid, uh, Europe? It's Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. Yeah. Mm, so almost Asia. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on where you're looking from, but you know. <laughs> Between Poland and Russia is probably the easiest way for people to identify. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Big World War II country. Sorry. My favorite he, he podcast has been... Been so. <laughs> I, No, what, I, I've been listening. They put out another episode again. I think that's what happened the last time too. And they're, talk, they're going through the, um, the whole World War II thing, hardcore history. And so, yeah, I remember Ukraine. Well, it wasn't Ukraine then, was it? It was part it was of not. the USSR, so yeah then exactly yeah yeah ukraine anyway um and so you've been here a while and you care about finance and you are actually getting into um local local finance pretty heavily and you do invest which is which is what in initially had uh had piqued my interest because i was like oh well your responses were, yep. were sensible yeah to the to the point i was raised before which was you're, if I remember correctly, I think you raised a point about the uh, general liquidity. So you're not necessarily able to get a lot of, like people might hear about a stock flying through the roof, but you might not get a lot of actual volumes from that stock. Correct. Because, you know, yeah. Maybe it went up 60%, but only on like, you know, 30 trades over a period of 90 days. So Indeed. if you wanted to get in, you wouldn't get that, that level of um, volume. Yeah, and, and look, yeah. overall, you know, I'm not a, the biggest fan of those, you know, quotes or Twitter stories where someone is like, oh, if you bought Amazon in 1995, <laughs> you would have $100 million by now. You know, although that might be true, but it, it gives people the wrong idea, I think, of, you know, the ability mm -hmm. of, you know, perfectly timing the market and knowing when to buy and when to sell and, I think, you know, most people actually cannot do that. Like most great investors cannot do that regularly with stocks. So, you know, I feel like, you know, it's given people a wrong idea of let me go and try and find that company and, you know, time the market. But I think in reality, yes, that happens, of course. 
but there aren't that many people who've held Amazon or Apple or similar stocks for all the peaks mm-hmm. and troughs, right? Um, and there mm-hmm. were decades when Apple stock underperformed. So, you know, it's a mm-hmm. little bit misleading, I feel. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and my it's, view. It's, it's, good. it's easy to say that when you're, back, when you're looking backward. It's, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's a survivorship oh, bias, right? And I think exactly. For, for, for tech companies, it's particularly uh, important because, you know, there were stocks uh, before uh, early 2000s that were flying thousands percent up mm-hmm. within, you know, weeks or months. And mm-hmm. it made lo- lots of people rich, but it made even more people very poor and bankrupt, <laughs> right? Because, you know, we, we now know of Apple, Amazon, and a bunch of other companies who, you know, successfully survived the dot-com crush. But, mm-hmm. you know, most companies actually didn't, right? So if you yeah. invested money in Apple in 1999, chances are you also invested in 100 other companies which were worthless six months later, right? So that's, <laughs> that, that's what I want people to, to think about as well when, when mm. they post those quotes, right? Yeah. That I, I like that one, especially as somebody who has been guilty of posting things like that in the past. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think people get the tongue in cheek nature of it. But I, I have actually tweeted about how misleading those things can be because you can say it for anything. You're right, survivorship bias. Yeah, it's survivorship um, bias. Yeah. But well, let me not say what I was going to say until you answer this. So I should say, what kind of investor would you describe yourself as? I know there are people listening who would love to hear that. Look, I think I'm. Uh... I'm uh, probably a combination of, you know, traditional conservative investment as in, you know, putting a regular sum of money into an index, you know, every month. And I do that abroad rather than here. Uh, and, and also the other part of me is opportunistic. And that's sort of what I do here. Just, uh, you know, playing a little bit with stocks that are interested in where, you know, I see some opportunities and I get it wrong often and mm-hmm. I get it right sometimes. So, you know, I think it's uh, it's an interesting way also for me of, you know, learning more about how the market operates here, what the companies do, getting to know people as well, right? I mean, I've been here for two years. Uh, it's a topic that's interesting. So for me, investing has offered me this avenue of, you know, speaking to you guys, following a bunch of mm-hmm. smart people on Twitter, um, you know, get it into okay. That's what they do in their in their regular businesses. I think it's it's overall not the worst topic on Twitter to be interested in <laughs> and in life in general, right? Rather than you know liking you know another another meme from social media, I'd rather learn something from it. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I think it is one of the better parts. I, I'm biased, obviously, but I think it's one of the better subsections of um. Twitter, really. Look, at least JA Twitter, Jamaican Twitter, I can say. Agreed. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a place where, and it's not all hunky dory. Not everybody agrees. It's not all nice, but it, it doesn't, it, it, it also doesn't go as far. And at the end of the day, I think everybody is interested in growing everybody else, I would like to think, or at least growing their money. So it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a core focus um, thing. I, I, I would hope. I mean, that's just how I see it. That is my own bias. I mean, so it's, you, it's you, it's make sense without making money, right? <laughs> yeah, but again, that might just be money, our bias. So I might, yeah, that might just be our bias. We view the market in a way that I, I have to admit that not a lot of people 
um, view the market. But Dimitri, you that you do then have a lot of experience in investing, not just here, as you say. You say you do it overseas. You do a lot of index investing overseas. Um, overseas meaning the US. You do you do in any, the UK. Such a, the UK. Okay. Yeah, because that's okay. where I was based before. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. Okay, so you, 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 what is the, what is the market called over there? The FTSE, FTSE one hundred, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's an index, right? But that's an index. Is the yeah. actual market? What is the actual market called there? Just, just the LSE. Well, yeah, it's, it's just LSE. LSE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LSE was LSE. Did LSE get bought by that that um, Hong oh, Kong yeah, exchange? Oh yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, they they wanted. I think they wanted Nasdaq too. Did that did that go through? That's funny. Nas, I know. Um, I didn't have to check. Nasdaq would not go through. I can ask China. No, no. I, I, China? I don't think. I don't. No, no, no. I don't think Nasdaq went, went through. I think LSE went through, which is funny to me because Hong Kong. You know, Hong Kong relationship with London, with Britain. So that yeah, the art reverse takeover. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been that would have been nice. But then I think um, I think. They, those, the powers that be might have had a good idea of what was happening because they would have known that the, the handover was imminent. <laughs> I'm sure the Chinese authorities would have given them some amount of notice that we're not, we're not going to continue to keep up, with, keep up with this. So I think they dropped the bid. I look at an article that says in October 2019, the Hong Kong exchange dropped its $39 billion bid to buy the London Stock Exchange. There are actually a bunch of stock exchanges over the world that started to... Yeah, yeah. um, consolidate yeah yep. mm. something i hoped to see within the region and maybe still will who knows it would be nice it would be nice it would be nice it would be nice if it, if it raises the level of service uh so i asked that though Dimitro, because you then have seen so you've seen the london stock exchanges uh sort of market mm-hmm. casing you'd have seen some of the nasdaq have you ever done anything on the nasdaq uh no i don't yeah, okay and so, well, you've seen London, which I mean, they're they're at, at that level, <laughs> they're all pretty much the same, you know. Uh, a Bloomberg screen and a bunch of stocks. <laughs> uh, but you have seen that, and in, in Jamaica, you say you play around. When I say, well, when you say play around, you mean you do do some amount of short-term plays, I guess. Yeah, I do, and you know, some stocks I've kept for longer periods of time as well. But when I say I play around, I mean I don't put money in that you know if i lose i will go broke right so it's uh okay. it's more of a sort of smaller sub invest than uh compared to sort of the main more let's say risk averse investment on london stock exchange um mm-hmm. but yeah you know the the points that i made before hold i mean the 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 market in jamaica is is interesting because it's uh uh, it's volatile, right? So it's higher volatility, lower liquidity, mm-hmm. which you know creates uh, creates interest and opportunities at times. Also, as you say often on this podcast, right? Information dissemination is not perfect, as in it is delayed. Uh, so yes. you know sometimes there is a, a delayed reaction to significant announcements, news, uh, quarterly or annual um, financial releases which, you know, creates an opportunity for people who can put several things together into into one um, and see where it's going, um, which, you know, makes it interesting. Also, you know, despite the, despite the COVID crisis and uh, stocks 
on Jamaican stock exchange being down overall. Um, mm-hmm. There are there are a bunch of companies and stocks of those companies which are not doing bad, right? So uh, again, it's uh, it's just interesting to try and uh, learn from you know trying to identify those opportunities and do something with them. Indeed. Yeah, that's great. And, great. and so PPC now a little bit of why it is. Why we're not going to go back into the old topic of what we spoke on at the time. Yeah, I, I, you're seeing a little bit of why it is that I really wanted to have Dimitri back on because it's somebody who obviously knows enough of our market. To, you've made money on the market, Dimitri, yes? Yeah, yeah. A clear yes or no on that, yeah. And um, But also isn't didn't come up with their background being our market. So, you know, it's, it's the ultimate objective view because... I mean, you don't, you don't even work for a listed company either. So it's not like you have a horse in the ring, you know? You're just yeah. somebody who has seen a few markets and you're now seeing this one. And outside of that, you have been, as you said on Twitter, you've been talking a lot about communication and effective communication, especially for tech tech communicators, I know. You um, know, it's uh, it, it just all started uh, during COVID, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Me being stuck at home and uh, working very long hours, but you know, ultimately you need to, you know, change sort of the, the conversation and, you know, change what you're doing. So I, I just mm-hmm. started to explore stuff that I was always interested in and stuff that I'm exposed to in my career, right? Because I work a lot on technology change and, you know, technology mm-hmm. projects and with people who, who do tech. Um, and, you know, that one thing always bothered me in a way because, um, I think there are lots of people, uh, including in Jamaica, who are really great in tech as in, in, in their core tech job, but they're not necessarily great in communicating with the rest of the business community, right? And I feel like that's the thing that holds them back. And that's the thing that, uh, if they improve on, can significantly improve their career trajectory, you know, their earnings, uh, there are opportunities in, in the market uh, when it comes to other jobs and potentially their own businesses, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's why I started exploring the topic. And I think the related topic for me overall, and that's, again, another thing that I think is relevant here, is it's not just about tech, right? It's not just about people who do coding or uh, engineering or, uh, you know, infrastructure. Overall, I feel like, many people I'm interacting with and people I came across when interviewing or, you know, um, working together would benefit from uh, up in their communication skills. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's not rocket science. Everyone can learn it. Um, it's just that you have to approach it in a, in a, in a practical way rather than, you know, through reading books and articles. <laughs> Because that helps as well, but only in a to a smaller extent, in my view. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that that is true. Where the, well, agreed, agreed, you, agreed. You pre- you preach into the practical the practical choir here because we're we are nothing if not the disciples of practicality in investing. Um, and you've you're also touching a hot topic nowadays because that topic of employers in Jamaica and employees yeah, and exactly. jobs and. What That's some recent noise around that. Yeah, what can you do to increase your earnings? It's something that I know a lot of people care about, especially new graduates. Um, 
and you know big up all the new graduates people who made it especially you know the class of covid the covid class 2020 i mean you made it through probably one of the roughest semesters in a long long time uh but Dimitro, and you well you also speak to a lot of execs as you say in your job so you saw it there so you're one of the people who use your covid time properly <laughs> you know i'm i'm, I'm trying to because you know and I'm not a big fan of those quotes on social media where, you know, unless you come out of coronavirus with a business <laughs> side hustle or whatever, yeah. uh, you're stupid because I don't believe that, right? You know, everyone lives in different circumstances and people have different level of obligations, right? So it's perfectly fine to not come out of coronavirus with a side hustle or a business. Yep. Or, exactly. You know, uh, but but I think for, for many of us, uh, it does offer that opportunity to, kind of reflect on what is it that we're doing with our life, with our career, you know, what can we learn? And, and uh, you know, when it relates to sort of salaries, hiring, employment in Jamaica, you know, getting through interviews, getting jobs, again, mm-hmm. you know, I see a lot of stuff on my timeline and a lot of stuff that I see is not factually correct, right? It's, it's people people's emotions and perceptions rather than objective reality. And I just feel like, you know, it's a, you know, I spoke with someone today about it, actually. To me, it's it's in a way a mindset problem, right? You can have a mindset of, you know, the system is rigged, there's nepotism, you know, corporations are intentionally trying to underpay us as much as possible and, you know, Nobody gives jobs to people who are qualified, but you can also have the mindset of, well, you know, I can learn a little bit more about that. I can work on my communication skills. I can work on my CV. I can network with the right people and, uh, you know, I can land the jobs that I want. And, you know, my advice to everyone is, you know, adopt the mindset number two, right? Don't adopt the mindset number one, because, Mindset number one, in a way, is a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like with many other things, if you only see, you know, negativity, if you only see, you know, injustice and, you know, wrongdoing and uh, you see everything as as sort of a, you know, risk and uh, challenge rather than opportunity, then chances are you're not going to succeed, right? Um, Especially if those views are not actually correct, right? Because that's, again, my point. And and obviously, look, you know, all these problems exist, right? I'm not denying that, you know, those problems are totally absent from, from Jamaica, but they're not absent from anywhere else either, right? It's just that it's your conscious choice of, are you going to be focusing on the opportunity area or are you just going to sit there and say, oh, okay, my CV is perfect. I've sent it to hundred companies. Nobody hires me. That's probably because you know there is nepotism, right? So <laughs> you don't. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that's that's what I want to to share. And uh, you know, I'm actually glad that most people you know reacting to my tweets about the topic are actually agreeing with me. And and the good thing is, <clears throat> I see people who you know, run successful businesses and agreeing with me. I see people who, you know, uh, are in startups or are in corporations agreeing with me. And I think that's just uh, a confirmation that, uh, you know, 
you got to look at that brighter side as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there are ways to do it. And, and you know, to that mindset, uh, again, it's not just sort of negative and positive mindset. It's also, you know, fixed and growth mindset that, you know, we've all read about in books. You know, you can have a mindset of, you know, uh, I'm already qualified because I graduated from UV and after three years, I know everything. So they should just give me the job and pay me whatever. And then I'll just get a brand new car and uh, live in, a, in my own apartment. I mean, that's one mindset, right? The other mindset is accept that, no, you don't know everything yet and you will never know everything, but you can try and learn some new stuff every day and you can take the opportunities that are in front of you and through working, you know, in those opportunities, you get better opportunities next month, year, three years down the line, right? But that's a harder path, right? Because you can't give yourself an excuse immediately, right? You actually need to put in the work. And I think, uh, you know, what I'm trying to encourage people to do <coughs> is put in the work before putting excuses forward, right? That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that I feel works better in my personal experience and the experience of many other people, right? Well, I, I can't say you're wrong, but it's, it's been so long for me that <clears throat> that I, I'm, it just seemed like an obvious thing. And I've, I've learned the mistake of when I think that something is obvious. Uh, it might just be obvious for me, but I'm with you there. It's, if everybody is being pushed in a direction that is not being is not determined based on the facts of a situation, then you won't actually get the fixes that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what's happening. I think that's literally what's happening. Where we're all responding emotionally about something, and we're then deciding that well, it, it obviously can't work. And in Jamaica, or obviously can't me? work. Always ends in well, we have to go foreign. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to fly out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, them can't pay us here. Them will pay us in foreign. They'll pay us. Yeah. And I think what happens a lot of times is that people go to foreign usually america or anywhere else and they realize that it doesn't quite work that way yep you know it's it's a really great point and again i've spoken to a number of people about this and and there are a couple things that you got to realize right first is when you go abroad right and by the way i encourage everyone to go and work abroad i've never worked in my home country i hope i get an opportunity at some point but i think it's you know it's it's a great learning experience for life in general. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know, what, what people will realize when they go abroad is first um, competition for whatever job that is it that they're trying to do is significantly higher than it is locally, right? Mm-hmm. And secondly, there is a different expectation about the level of productivity, right? And and I feel like that's the argument that not so many people are willing to hear because you hear a lot about, you know, I, I, I want to be paid X or I want to be paid X plus 20% and, you know, salary in the U.S. is higher. Um, first of all, you know, for sort of knowledge workers, salaries in the U.S. or in the U.K., are higher, but they're not as dramatically higher as people think, right? They're not double. I mean, I worked in London. I know exactly what, you know, you earn as a developer or project manager. They're not double or triple Jamaican salaries. That's one. And two is the level of productivity and output that's expected from you elsewhere is just different, 
right? And and that's that's the part that that people don't usually like to hear because you know you actually got to deliver more and to a different standard to be compensated, you know, according to the US or UK pay scale, right? And and that's uh, you know that's something that you know guys who uh, our Jamaicans are based in Jamaica, but work remotely confirm in conversations, right? That's what they say. You know, it's, uh, it's not like you can deliver the same output and, and miraculously get paid five times more, <laughs> right? You can get five times more money, but you have to probably deliver 10 times more output, more right? So yep. that's something I want people to think about as well, because, you know, that's how it, how sort of this advice works for me personally, right? I like to look inwards first as in, you know, what can I do differently? How can I improve what I do? How can I learn? Um, and then I look at, okay, so, you know, uh, what what can I get for it, right? And and I think that uh, that mindset is uh, is useful, right? But again, that's, that's yeah. my view. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. People generally, I think that's the easy route of, oh, yo, I didn't get the job. So it mo- it, it's not me, it's the job. I remember a thing there, call it. I, rem- I remember when I applied to a position somewhere, something at a pension fund, actually. And I just started mm-hmm. when I just started working. I wanted to be out. in the investment field. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, I thought, yeah, that, that would be that would be where I want to go, you know. That's a good point to move off from. I went there, answered the questions on whatever, whatever, and didn't get the job. I was I was reflecting hard on myself, saying, "Boy, maybe I didn't, you know, maybe they didn't have a person already, whatever they want." And when I actually, you know, got rid of myself, I looked back at it. I could see where yo, I never answered this, proper, I never answered this question properly, and what they actually wanted in a candidate, like qualifications wise. I wasn't fully up to scratch. So it's very often not you. Yo, it's not often the company, but there, there's more on your part to be done. If you feel deserve it, then deserve it. Get Put yourself in a place where you, you're the person for that job. Otherwise, oh. And, and look, look, I'd say even if it is the company and even mm-hmm. if it is totally independent of you, it is actually more useful for you to think that it's because of yourself, right? Because, you know, I'd rather be convinced that I didn't get a particular job or opportunity because I didn't do X, Y, and Z good enough Mm -hmm. because then I can work Mm -hmm. on X, Y, and Z, right? Even if it wasn't true. Whereas, you know, if I'm convinced that it's because of, you know, company or, you know, world capitalist conspiracy or whatever else yeah then you know i can't learn anything from that because i'm not going to fight global uh, you know capitalism i'm not going to (laughs) fight nepotism right so uh you know then i'm maybe we tore it down where i am if we tore it (laughs) sorry don't listen to me i think maybe if we tore it down say again (laughs) As as I'm missing out, I say maybe if we tore down global yeah, capitalism. Yeah, you know, I've 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 seen those those sort of uh, oh videos on Twitter as well, and uh, I'd rather not go into that topic. Yeah, but, I, have, I have long I have long runs in me for the, for that type of talk, but I I don't think today's the day for it. <laughs> yeah, please, no, it's not. It's not the day for it, and um, I'm not sure that tearing down global 
capitalism would help anybody get better jobs. Oh, no, no I don't think so. And, you know, you know, uh, I actually had a conversation on Twitter with someone a while ago and it got heated. And that's where I decided I'm not going to engage in those conversations. But, you know, funnily enough, you know, the only people who, you know, praise communism on Twitter are people who've never lived in a communist country. And I'm, <laughs> And I'm coming from an ex-communist country myself, right? You I, are. I was, that's what, that's why I'm laughing. I, I was I was born into communism, and you know I don't remember it myself. But you know, from uh-huh. the tales of my parents, you know nobody nobody in their sane mind would actually want to go to back to communism, <laughs> right? So you know, it's funny how you know the people who preach communism are are always you know U.S. based liberals. I'd say if, if you're considering communism, just go travel to Eastern Europe and talk to people who lived there. Or, or go, right to there. Cuba, <laughs> go to Cuba and yeah. try to buy you know, a shampoo that is not one out of two different shampoo kinds that you get. And, <laughs> and, and then maybe yeah. you'll, you'll get a slightly different. And the, the joke yeah. is, I, I see also people. I see people like one day they're saying, "Yo, support my business." Um, I want, and they talk about what they what, where they want to be, like how rich they want to get, and how they, how far they want the business to push them. And then the very next day, it's eat the rich. Yeah, and I'm saying you, you don't understand that that to me. You, you, you know, you, you want you, you know, there's a very you want good British expression about it is like you can't have your cake and eat it, right? So, yeah. That's, that's that's the point. You either embrace sort of the, you know, the positives and the challenges of a particular system or you don't get any, including the positives. And, it, you know, that's my parallel into sort of uh, job market and hiring opportunities and so on, because, mm-hmm. again, you can't have both things like you can't have u.s salary and uh you know jamaican productivity right uh and i'm I'm generalizing now right but you know if you look at economical stats of jamaican productivity it's basically been stagnant since i don't know 1960s or something so you know uh it has not risen with our growth that is true yeah so productivity has so, so you know you can't have you can't have both of those things at the same time and of course that's sort of the macro view but the micro view is you know there are people in jamaica in, in the caribbean who are doing really well in their careers uh, who are earning really good money and who are you know money is one thing another thing is like they're doing some really exciting things um so the opportunities are there uh, you know another thing that I always tell people is, you know, actually good talent is in high demand, right? So, you know, it is true that that firms are fighting for real good talent. You know, um, Jamaican and international corporates that are based here are actually running programs to bring Jamaicans who are in, you know, managerial positions in the U.S. and Canada back. That, That just shows you that there is talent scarcity. But you know, it's not the scarcity of the level of, you know, we don't get people who apply for a job yet. There are, there are hundreds of people who apply for a job, but it's just that, you know, not all of them who think they're qualified are actually qualified for it. 
but you know people would rather hear about it in a different way and think oh okay you know they will only hire someone who uh, who is us educated and who's been living there for the 10 years but the truth is is a little bit more complicated than that so i'm just encouraging people to you know try and view it from a slightly different angle because uh, i think that that different angle just gives you that route to improving your skills rather than an excuse to not right and that's bad mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and I know that Demetra has picked pissed off half our audience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's 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 an interesting conversation because I think it's it's it relates to a lot of things you guys talk about when you talk about finance, and you just talked about forex a while ago, right? And mm-hmm. you know, again, me coming from a developing country myself, I, I feel like you know I can make that observation without sort of people hate it on me hopefully but but that uh, hopefully but that uh, that mentality (laughs) of that mentality of you know get rich or die trying and get rich very quickly and get rich in this very materialistic way of you know rich through a watch a car house i know that same mentality from back home that's a feature of a developing economy right where people didn't have anything and suddenly some people have something but, you know, I think for, you know, for someone who's actually interested in a long-term um, growth, be that in investment, be that in career, be that in their own business, you know, you got to look past those superficial things and, and, and think about, you know, like proper measurement of success rather than, you know, measurement of success through the car that you're buying and 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 that's you know that (laughs) kind of relates to the whole conversation and that's how this whole twitter discussion about salary started right because you know people Mm -hmm. go and say oh you know i i'm a graduate and you know i'm getting salary of x and you know i agree that x might be low but you know how am i supposed to pay for my own rental my car my bills whatever and i'm like look guys i mean who told you that age 22 you're entitled to your own car and renting your <laughs> own apartment? You know, people in London who earn probably three times more than you, even adjusted for, you know, inflation and uh, sort of PPP, they still earn more than you. Um, you know, they share apartments, you know, they don't have a car, you know, they don't buy luxury things. They don't go, you know, to expensive hotels and spend all their money there. So why do you think you can do it here, right? And and they actually can afford it; they're just not doing it. So you know, it's uh, I think it's it's a complicated topic because you know, there, like I said, there's lots of misconceptions about it. But you know, to me, it's like again, it's you know, priorities of your early career, and you know, I've 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 made that those same mistakes when I just started working in London, right? I got my first salary. I thought I'm I'm an oligarch already, and I wasn't, right? But I, <laughs> I went on a on a shopping spree and you know expensive restaurants and going out every Friday and Saturday until I realized three months later that you know I had a lot of money on my credit card is negative. Um, so, you know, I can totally relate to to kind of where this is coming from, but I'm just trying to say, you know, off the back of my experience, uh, you know, you got to look past that. You got to look past that su- superficial part, focus on developing your skills, developing your career, um, 
and just taking it from there. And, and then another thing, you know, I, I spoke with someone about it today as well. We're living in 2020 now, right? I graduated in 2008 before there was Twitter and Wikipedia and all those things. It's almost a sin today to graduate from university only knowing the stuff that you were taught in the classroom, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, it's just crazy, you know, how, you know, people say, okay, so I graduated, you know, today, but they never taught us how to write a resume. I mean, I'm like, are you serious? Like, do you really think that someone needs to teach you how to write a resume? You can go on the internet and there's like millions of of sources for that you know nobody told us how to perform on an interview and do a star technique i mean come on like just google it right so i think one thing that 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 you know i I feel like you know people need to kind of realize a little bit more is first we're living in an age where there's a huge democratization of everything right so Mm -hmm. you know it where you live how rich your parents are you know whether you had opportunities in your childhood to to learn more or not it doesn't matter right because as long as you have a laptop and a broadband connection which you know still a lot of people in jamaica do you're already on par with millions of people all all around the world right you don't need to pay anyone to you know to 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 read wikipedia or to you know to watch tat talks on youtube so, you know, so to me, that removes significant part of the argument where people are like, oh, but nobody taught us this and nobody taught us that. Well, yeah, just accept it and just go and learn it. Right. Mm-hmm. And and there are people in Jamaica who do that. I know it for a fact. I'm talking to those people. I'm hiring those people. Right. I'm working yeah, with yeah, them yeah. on a daily basis. These people yeah. are here. So just realize they're no different from you. And they're doing those things. So instead of saying, oh, you know, there is no opportunity and, you know, I can't get, you know, a job I want or I'm not being paid what I deserve, just do what these people are doing, right? And and trust me, you'll get there. Yeah, that personal responsibility, you're not going to win many friends with that. I can you know, tell you. you know, it's, and, uh... and I, I think, you know, I'm not interested in winning millions of friends. I'm interested in talking <laughs> to people who who kind of try and relate to what I'm saying. And, you know, I have my selfish interest on Twitter as well when I'm posting stuff about, you know, hiring and so on, because I'm actually hiring, right? I actually interviewed Mm -hmm. someone who uh, DM'd me on Twitter on Monday. And, you know, that interview went really well. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, that's the thing that that people got to realize as well. And, you know, maybe not every hiring manager is on Twitter, but, you know, loads of hiring managers are on LinkedIn and you can network with people there. You can do it on, on Twitter as well to some extent. You know, business owners are on Twitter. So, you know, that's the most democratic way to network in that there ever was, right? You don't have to go and buy a suit to DM someone, right? You don't have to fly to a conference to, you know, reach out to someone on LinkedIn. And again, people are already doing it, right? So... You know, and these people are sitting right next to you in your classroom in your final year. Yeah. So just 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 go and do that same stuff. Exactly. I think it comes back down to just the sort of people who acknowledge that you're not good. The world doesn't owe you anything. It's a harsh thing to tell people. All right. Especially in Jamaica, because we don't all have the same levels of opportunity, as you've acknowledged. Um, and there are lots of people who don't have the 
laptop or the broadband connection sure. or whatever. Um, but Digicel does, I'm not giving Digicel a free ad, but I know <laughs> that Wikipedia is, Wikipedia is free um, from, I think, both networks, phone phones. If you Even if you don't have any data, you can access Wikipedia. And I think so. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember when I was young, I remember when that before even Blackberries was a big deal. I remember the very first time I saw data on a phone and Google was around. And I realized that that was how the world was going to change because I now can wander something and find out immediately. Mm. And I think I might have been fresh out of high school or still in high school. I don't know where it was, <laughs> maybe early college. It, was, it wasn't a very popular thing. It was a big deal. And um, I thought it was such a big deal then. And here we are in 2020, long, almost two decades later, if not more. And there's still people who just, their first instinct is not to go and look something up if they don't it's know. It's weird. People tweet questions. And the worst <laughs> part for me here is like, you know, we're not talking about people who don't have broadband connection or laptop, right? I acknowledge that. There is a large percentage of population in Jamaica and any other development market who are like that. We're talking about mm-hmm. people who, you know, who would rather retweet some, you know, stupid stuff of, you know, oh, you know, which kitchen out of those four images do I pick, yellow, <laughs> red, or white, or, or which the car? You're not going to get my listeners angry with me. <laughs> or, or, you know, or which car am I driving to a date? I mean, look, you have time yeah. for that, right? You, you clearly have internet access because you're doing that. <laughs> you know, you're 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 being angry or happy about whether Usain's bald daughter is named Olympia or not. I mean, you, you spend <laughs> half an hour on that conversation instead of doing that. Just go and learn about how to update your resume. Right? So, you, you know, I, I feel like sometimes we're 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 again, you know, telling ourselves something or trying to convince ourselves you know, and wasting that energy that we could have spent elsewhere more positively, right? And, <clears throat> you know, again, you know, people who are tweeting on on Twitter about, you know, lack of opportunities or limited opportunities or low salaries are all people who could, you know, instead spend half an hour on updating their resume, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's probably a little bit more productive. And, uh, you know, also you learn... You know, when you try and improve things, you, you learn best, you know, that way rather than just sort of passively consuming the content, right? So, you know, again, I probably haven't made too many friends and, you know, pe- people who are who are uh, IT project managers, I'm actually friendlier in real life. So if you're looking for a job, just, <laughs> just DM me in any case. I promise I, w- I will let you browse Instagram if you want. So that's fine as long as as long as we're we're doing what we're supposed to do so yeah okay that's perfect you know what now you said that let me pause and say guys if you listen to this you're thinking wow i need to know if i can get a job with this guy because i'm into it or whatever Demetra, tell him your your contact again i do not want him to contact me to ask me how to get to you i get a lot of those things yeah look tell him just uh, yeah just uh, just follow me on twitter it's uh Asan. uh um you know, I I repost the the jobs and the company I'm working for. I tweet about how I interview people. So again, that's another thing, right? I mean, if you if you're if you want to interview somewhere, there are actually people who tell you 
exactly how they interview. So, or, you know, the people who tell you exactly what they're looking for on the CV. And, you know, even if you're not interviewing for an IT project manager role, chances are, you know, my advice can actually be applicable to a slightly different job too. So, and, you know, mm -hmm. just, uh, just look, look that up. Okay. That's, that's strong. Okay. Well, Dimitri, in case anybody's still here, I'm not pissed off. Dimitri also knows all stocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> what, I, I, I don't even know where to go with this. Um, you say you've been having fun with, with, with some of the, some of the, the um, stocks in the market. What have been some of your fun ones? We mentioned Mailpack earlier. You, you, did you yeah, manage to? Yeah, you know, I, I actually... Uh, I actually uh, applied for Mailpack IPO and I got some shares allocated through the IPO, but I was also buying Mailpack uh, at, I, I can't remember exactly, at 130, 140, 150, right? So I think my average probably is 145 or something. Um, oh, nice. So You don't know exactly? No, I don't know exactly. I think it's around 145. Um so I'd have to look it up. Uh, so you know, there's this were, dashboard. There's there, this wonderful dashboard, and if you've heard about it, yes, I've heard one. about it. I've heard about it. I tested it; it didn't actually work for me. So, oh, you know, I, <laughs> what I, happened? I, well, it just didn't update. So I ended up doing it myself, and and I'm just updating it whenever I feel like, and I probably haven't done it for a month. That's why I don't. I don't okay. Um, so yeah, look up. I've. Uh, I've, I've invested well i mean some of it i wouldn't even call investment right because the holding period was just a couple of months um mm -hmm. but uh yeah i've invested in some stocks and i'm also like you know that's another thing that you know i think uh, is important to discuss when we're talking about investment is you know I, i'm i'm holding a bunch of, of stocks i'm down on like you know qwi is a really good example right um mm -hmm. And you know, I've I've been holding it for a very long time um, since IPO. Uh, yeah, and I've actually been uh, I've actually been buying uh, it continuously at you know all sorts of prices between fifty cents and you know ninety cents since. Um, and you know, I still I still believe uh, conceptually uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good investment. Uh, so you know, oh, but really. Yeah, hold on. You held it all the way through all the travels, the up, the down, because it did go back above a dollar. Yeah. Uh, when last was it above a dollar? No. Uh, so early in this year, early January. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, I've uh, I've I've held it. Uh, I was just you know dollar cost average in it all the way. So mm -hmm. again, my mm -hmm. my uh, my current average is at about ninety cents, right? So I'm down on on QWI. Um, so yeah, that's, but you know, I think that's, that's the part that people don't always openly talk about, right? Cause it's, it's much easier for me to go and say, oh, you know, I've, I've made X on mail pack or I've made X on lab or I've made X on, mm -hmm. you know, some, you know, one week holding of SVL when I've noticed it going down dramatically, <laughs> right? I mean, it's all fun and it's, it's, it's nice, but you know, 
I've, I've also, uh, I also have, you know, a couple of stocks in the portfolio that are down, but, you know, uh, I, I believe in the longer term prospects of these stocks. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay there. It's, uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make money on every single trade. That's just a reality, unless you're exceptionally good, like, you know, like Randy, but I'm not as good <laughs> as Randy. So <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I, I've got, uh, I've got nuggets of holdings in my portfolio as well, but you know, that's fine. Oh no, I, I, as do I. Yeah. As do I, as do I, as do I. That's part, that's, that's just a part of the game. Um, and I, I've realized that over the years that people don't hear, I'll say it again. Not even the preamble, I'll say it again. You only down if there are people to grow notice. If you set my investment theory is you, you need your goal, you need your time. If your time passes and you haven't hit the goal, or and you're negative, you're below where you started, then you've made a loss. Um now I set my goals out, and so I have been fortunate enough to to not have to have like a portfolio that's bleeding. But yeah, and mean, you know, yeah, meaning actually negative, but no, it's 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 still it's still their their losses. I, I mentioned like the heavy loss that uh, when Corona hit, the entire market mm-hmm. went down. First week of March at the end of March was a hell of a drop across the board for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah, um, yeah. Worse as I think as being lazy. I think we're just coasting. Uh, then I then I feel the same way. And we're just coasting by by then. Um, so when that, that hit hit, it was. Mm-hmm. Like it jerked me into yep. it. What the hell is happening? Um, I had to start hitting the market hard again, which I did. So it was good for that. Uh, but you know, I also yeah. think I also think that uh, it's uh, you know it's obviously not how you think about it when you know when you have holdings that are going down. But I feel like for a number of investors in Jamaican market, um, that is a good experience, right? Because they've they've had experience of the past couple of years where most of the stocks were only going up, you know, similar to what's mm-hmm. happening in, in the U.S. right now, right? Uh, and and uh, mm. you know, although it's uh, it's it's great personally, I think you you don't learn as much from you know from everything being in green as you do from certain things being in red. And you know, it's kind of again, it's a parallel to to you know career and business, you know. People learn from setbacks, not when everything is going exactly the, the way they want it to go. Um, so, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, you should be happy about losing money. Of course, nobody is, but you should look at it from a slightly different perspective. That's that's my point. Um, so, yeah. And, and look, I think uh, there are opportunities in the market and you know, people who listen to you. Uh, hopefully have uh, have picked those up i mean you've been very vocal on quite a few of them right uh, quite pul- a few yeah <laughs> pul- pulse is probably i mean if if someone is listening to your podcast and you know has not invested in pulse uh throughout the last 18 months or whatever then uh, they're doing something wrong but uh but yeah ultimately <laughs> you know i think uh there will be there will be uh trades or investments where where you lose money but that it's it's like you say you you either you know keep sitting it until forever or you rebalance and uh and you make something else out of it and i think the latter approach probably works but then again you know i just want to point this out again we talked about it at the beginning 
you know, for me, uh, you know, Jamaican market is, is not, you know, you know, make or die sort of place, right? I'm not putting money in it, which, you know, which I need tomorrow or in a year's time or in two years time. So, you know, my perspective is biased in that sense. So, I, I, but I think, uh, you know, for someone who's put all their money into the market, their, their view and, and mm-hmm. you know, if they happen to buy QWI at IPO only and they never, you know, they never bought it, you know, when it was down, then, you know, their view would be different because they're, you know, they're down from whatever, 125 or 135 to 0.76, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's... 40%, yeah, so that, so, so that's uh, that's kind of another uh, another way of, uh, way of looking at it. But, you know, um, I think uh, yeah, I, pe- people who listen guess, to people who listen to you hopefully uh, did better than just that. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. If well, you know what, I shouldn't say that. I get, I do, I get DMs. I get DMs of people who are like, you've shifted, and I like that. That and people have done grow. Those two things are like, you know, you've shifted. Oh, I look at investing, and I've made X Y Z. You know, somebody messaged me. I won't load them up. But they messaged me last week actually, just saying thank you, and that they're up. The same exact thing. I've shifted how you how I look at investing and I'm up 75% on one stock. And it's I mean it's good to hear. I like that. And what I don't like just to hear that people have made money. I like that people learn exactly how to make money. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Look, because because if you just if you just put money into something without properly understanding it, and you know, this is where we go back to Forex because I'm very anti you know, all this Forex craze and yeah, you can, you can, you can probably make some money by accident without even, you know, realizing how that happened, but it's, it's not very good from two perspectives. One is, you know, you don't learn anything from it. And second, you're probably inclined to put even more money. And then eventually the point when you lose it all will come. And in case of individual Forex investment, in a in a way that is being preached on Twitter and Instagram, that point comes rather soon. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, rather rather soon. Have you done that also? You've touched forex? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. You know, because yeah. you know, I've uh, I've done MSc in finance and investment. I've studied with people who actually were doing forex as their day job, as in their day job mm-hmm. was currency trader mm-hmm. for you know Commerce Bank or Deutsche Bank in London. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, first, these people were probably one of the smartest people I've ever encountered in a sense, you know, just very quick, very analytical, very mathematical, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that helped me understand that, you know, the idea of making money out of your bedroom or bathroom by competing with people like this who also have the whole machinery of, you know, super quick mm. algorithms and supercomputers and, uh, you know, years of training is just, you know, I, I sort of believe there are people who can do that consistently over time with, you know, with some serious volume. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I'd rather believe that I'm not good enough and not even try than, than try. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's same as, as you know, casino to make money i mean it's fun if you just you know want to blow 50 or 100 dollars on it but 
I don't believe I'm smart enough to, you know, beat someone in poker. So I'd rather not even try. Right. And, uh, and, and I think for, you know, that sort of, you know, I'd say people who, who think that they can just go and learn Forex without any, you know, background or, uh, or, or kind of understanding of, you know, math stats, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and those types of things, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, stay humble, right? Probably try and do something else first and see how that works. And, and then you can try Forex, but yeah, that's my view. Yeah. Yeah. So for people are always disappointed when they hear that we're not, um, no, we're not huge on it, but like it's not one of the things that we push or talk about heavily. I mean, the, the, I still have the invitation open to anybody who is actually doing forex sensibly and has been doing it for a while. Yep. So contact me. Let me know if you have a con. If you can have, I'm, I'm more than willing to have on the con, on the podcast a good conversation about the reality of forex. Yeah, um, and, and look, you know, I think uh, you made a really good point uh, at the beginning, Denai. You know, it's been pushed as this lifestyle of, you know, I take my laptop and sit, you know, uh, next to my swimming pool, driving a supercar and, you know, I'm <laughs> in Monaco or somewhere. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm overall just, you know, life tells me that, you know, there is no shortcut to success in any sphere of life, right? I mean... And again, it's like the way I, I, I like to think about it is maybe there are people who can, you know, within three months become billionaires or whatever, but I just don't feel like I'm that person, right? So, you know, I, I don't really want to try. And, and uh, you know, I think this is where where uh, where this lifestyle selling is. is uh, it, It's working here, right? Because because people are attracted to it, uh, and you know people are attracted to it in in most places, but in developing economies first and foremost. But you know that's there is rarely a field somewhere in life where you can just suddenly become successful. And I, I don't know why forex would be one of those fields because you know nothing tells me that it should. Um, so yeah, that's that's just my my way of looking at it and maybe if other people try and look at it similar way they wouldn't be losing so much money (laughs) (laughs) maybe i don't know you have any idea why dana you have thoughts on why it's it grabs so many people one the the lifestyle is so i I did a deep dive on somebody's page and looking Mm -hmm. at his page he had so he has over time on his instagram page he has mm-hmm. some. He has a tab there. You know the tab where he saves to save stories, and he saves okay, like, yeah, when he yeah. talks about his profits. So over time, he's accumulated some profitable moments, and he, he just put them up there. And I'm watching it, and in my head, I'm like, I want this to be true. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want, I want, I want it to be true because that means it's possible, and I can do it. And then. Every, everybody, yo, if it's my a man talking about he made five hundred, he made five thousand US a day, right? And I mm-hmm. make not even half of that for the month. Of course, I want this to be true. <laughs> that means yeah. I can do that too. This guy can teach me, and then you just buy, you fall right into the trap, and then he's he's showing you things that you really want. Yo, you see the Porsche, you see the Benz, you see the this guy. Yo, wake up 
she wakes up later than you, and then he goes to his pool to do his work. Of course, of of course, he wants it to be true. So it's it's an easy sell. It's sell the lifestyle and it's sell and sell the possibilities. Of course, you can fall for that easily. Versus running down the table stocks or make example stocks. Well, yo, it's not a you know the question we get very often. Oh, you day trading, you day trading, you day trading. Day trade. Every single person messages. Even I say it, they message me and I ask. Yeah. They, 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 even as I say, they, they hear me like there's somebody listening to this now yeah. who for some reason will still message me and ask me, how do I day trade? And, yeah. and um, what but are your classes? This class you teach to day trade. Even though I say clearly that that is not what I do. You know, I mean, I, I also like, guys, if you, if you get a guest who actually does, you know, very regular day trading on GSC on some reasonable volumes, I would like to hear about that because, <laughs> I mean... You know, I just, you know, it's just not really technically possible, right? Because... Oh, no, it's possible. Well, you know, you know what? What's, what do you call okay volumes? Maybe yeah. that's what we should hear. What do you call... Like, what's a, what's, a, what's a dollar level that somebody would trade regularly and you'd like, you'd, you'd like I, to... Be? I don't know. Day trade, you know, let's say half a million Jamaican on a day Ooh. as a volume. And Every day. I think that happens. Wait. Hold on. What do you call day trade? Like proper day trading, Nasdaq day trading. So a half mil goes in, and hopefully a half mil plus comes out comes every out day, every day, no, or on average, no, no, not every day. every day, as in multiple times a day, as in you do multiple <laughs> trades every day. Is there multiple trades within a day? That's that's what I call day trade. Of a of a half mil or more. Yeah, Look I mean, up, it's yeah, just I, is, I just picked up a random no. number. Yeah, yeah, no, but but I wanted to know the amount because yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I you could say. you could probably do that with you know ten thousand Jamaican dollars, <laughs> yes, but yeah, but probably. but but you won't be able to do it on on larger volumes, and also like the number of the number of stocks on any given day you can day trade on is is limited as well, right? Because those are either Perfect. either large cap stocks, you know, like you know your NCB, QWA, whatever, or mm-hmm. these are the stocks that, you know, that are probably smaller cap, but, you know, there is a significant event, either financial or a news event that occurred that day or a day before, like, you know, mailbag the other day, when it was a Friday, you know, these are the, these are the times when you have like millions of, uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, stocks uh, being traded, but, you know, on an average day, if you look, like there will be probably only several stocks where where you can you know trade any reasonable volume so that you get it and get out same day and you make a margin. But also remember, you know, the the zero point five or zero point seventy five commission in commission out uh, GSC fees, right? So you know. It's GCT just, on top of both of those, so it comes up to maybe one and a half percent. Yeah, it's not so as easy. Yeah, 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 it's not. It's it's just not as easy technically, right? You can do it on mm-hmm. very large, very liquid stock exchanges like you know U.S., U.K., um, but you can't do it as easily on on Jamaican stock exchange. So that's that's just uh, my point. And then another thing is also. You know, and I think that's that's the part that people who don't day trade miss. It's it's mm-hmm. not your 
it, it has nothing to do with your relax and sit at the pool with your laptop type thing, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't yes. know, if, you know, like, you know, I've, I've seen traders at work and I've seen traders sort of, you know, outside of work. It's a very, you know, a very specific type of personality is required, Tense. right? Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. these are people who are like, they can't wait to finish their point, right? They're just so quick in everything. Like they, mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. their focus, their attention span also is not necessarily very long. Like it, you know, it's, no, it's switching it all the time. It attracts ADHD. Oh, Randy, so it, you know, it, it, <laughs> he's talking most. He sounds like <laughs> I listen to I listen to him drag us. Is right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does attract a yeah. certain personality and intellect type but but for anyone who thinks that day trading is or or you know forex for that matter because it's effectively a similar thing is anything like you know a relaxed you know i sit you know at my table slowly drinking coffee and like you know playing with my dog or or taking a a nap or swimming (laughs) in the pool you can't really do that right because in in that day trading environment you constantly glued to like two or three screens at the same time and actually it's nerve-wracking right and that's the part that 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 you know this is why that's another factor for why you know uh, I, I, I would never be convinced that you know someone can combine that amazing lifestyle of doing nothing with day trading because <laughs> it's just it just doesn't work it's it's like you know it's like telling me that you know you can work in a corporation and not have your you know in a corporation in sort of a managerial role and not have you know 80 percent of your diary filled with meetings and you have complete choice over what you do at 12 o'clock yeah. or, or two o'clock it no. just doesn't work no. like that so you know i, I just i just feel like people who want to go and try forex or whatever by all means but just you know, just think about about that. It's not it's not the glamorous sit at the pool thing. It's sit in front of three monitors and go crazy. And by the way, you know, people who day trade on you know with some some exotic stuff like you know derivatives or options trading mm-hmm. or or spread betting. You know, we've we've all read this horrible story in the U.S. about a twenty year old kid who oh, traded on Robinhood. Yeah. And, committed suicide oh with you know minus seven hundred thousand dollars on his account you know that's that stuff is real there are a lot of stories you know not everyone you know ends up yes, being suicidal are. but people go bankrupt and people lose money because they get over leveraged they don't properly understand the financial instrument you know the, uh, I've, I've read a story about you know how you know thousands of people lost you know multiples of of what their you know their uh, their trades were when uh, oil oil prices went below you know zero right so <clears throat> so again it's 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 you know it's not your sort of you know pleasant hobby like uh, uh thing and and i think you know again i just i, I like making parallels between the topics right it, mm-hmm. it, it it kind of brings me to the point of stuff that you also see a lot on Twitter and, and so other social media about you know how do you you know do nothing and create some source <laughs> of passive income and you know yeah. you know just go and spend two hours on this and learn how to do a course and you know then you'll just sit back relax and watch money coming in that <laughs> yeah. thing just doesn't exist right there is no 
reasonable occupation. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe selling drugs, but let me not go there. There is no, but there is no work. There is no no sort of you know professional professional occupation that just allows mm. you to create something on the side. You know, and this is why I also hate the whole side hustle terminology. Yep, right? I agree. Oh, I hate, uh, I hate, yeah. I hate the passive yeah. income terminology. Yeah, I always passive, say it's a lie. passive income, side hustle, be your like, own you, boss. You do a lot of work. You know, <laughs> all, all this stuff requires lots of work. It requires interdisciplinary knowledge and learning all the stuff that that you know you never thought you need to learn. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, and that that's the part that that people overlook. And you know, for me. Uh, you know, I, I was not naive about it, but, you know, I, I, I came to realize it when, you know, I went from, you know, in addition to doing my day job, just, you know, trying to write a blog article or, you know, do a visual or two. And this stuff takes a lot of time, right? And, uh, you know, getting, getting people to sort of see it and read it takes even more time and effort, right? Because, you know, suddenly you know nobody cares about your job title or or the fact that you know you're you're doing sort of you know that interest and stuff in your work right um so you know all of that requires a lot of effort be that you know investment be that you know day trading or forex trading or be that developing your side project so you know the whole notion of you know i can just do something on the side and it will make money automatically in any field is just untrue right so if you know if someone's trying to sell you 100%. a course on you know forex or you know gardening or you know creating an ebook or whatever or growing your twitter followers and any crap like that it's just it, it just doesn't work like that in real life so you know sure. and and whenever 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 something seems better than it is then probably it's not true so i'm just trying to look at these things in that way yeah it it's true i am um, maybe to even add a, a different angle to it is that at least for investing i because i've had to look into myself right because what i do is easy for me mm. um and and then the people who i know can do it like danai it's also easy for him mm. <clears throat> but it's it's easy for me in the way that lifting my arm is easy for me and i'm sure mm. if somebody either didn't have an arm or didn't know they had an arm they wouldn't mm. realize that lifting it is easy right uh and and if you do have an arm however to you it is easy but if you think about it it's actually very complex a, a good example i can think of is when i don't remember if it was a video i saw or something i was reading it's the explanation of how advanced human beings actually are like the most complex computer that we have as much as you hear people talk about ai in terms of just raw general intelligence i don't think we have a a computer that can match a two or a three-year-old right um and that's because we don't think of what is involved in a lot of the things that we simply do like you throw a ball and you just see the ball and catch it right um and once and somebody like oh i can't catch but you can learn very easily a child can learn to catch and Mm. you can catch and it's cool but then when you have to program a computer to catch you didn't think about the fact that your brain sees that ball calculates mm. a general movement the movement of your hand how to catch it how to it, it is a huge amount of complex stuff yeah. and i thought about that in terms of what i do in terms of investing and like for example i will i will read an article i will read an article on a topic that 
was half of a mention of somebody's tweet. Mm. And it doesn't occur to me that I've read an article just now, right? Yeah. It was just, oh, let me get some context so I have something around what's being said here, mm. a piece of what's being said here. And I thought it was normal because my entire life it's been normal. That's mm. how you, it, that's just what you do, right? You want to know if something goes, you look it up. I blame yeah. my parents that they, they ask them what this word means and I'd have to go and get the dictionary and mm-hmm. go and look it up. They never <laughs> tell me. And so, and so that was just a natural part of learning that if you want to know how something works, if you want to know something, you have to look it up. Um, and you get used to being in that sort of a situation. And then when you start investing also, especially if you do like what we do, I can see how people might think it looks easy, right? I look, when I am at my most tense, I look very calm. calm. You don't mm. need to be ripping my hair. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be ripping my hair out. I'm going crazy. When I have millions on the line, I sit there and I'm very calm. I sip my coffee. I'm watching the screen. I'm reading another article. And if you talk to me, I sound the same way. And to you, it might seem, oh, this is mad easy. He's so calm. Mm. I am not. <laughs> I am forcing myself to be calm because inside I am going, oh my God, suppose this. I don't think people get that. Like every, yeah. every single, I am never sure. I have this thing I say that doubt is the hallmark of genius because when I am absolutely sure, that's when I am, okay, suppose you've gotten it wrong. That's yeah. I'm telling myself that. And then you're looking for every single thing where you could have gotten it wrong. You have your your points in mind where if this happens, I jump out immediately because it turns out I was wrong, blah, blah, blah. But it looks from the outside that it's a kind of person. You know that meme of the dog sitting in the burning house and going, this is fine? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is day trading. That is, that is trading in the short term. That's trading with big money. That's doing anything. That is the life. I can do that at the side of a pool with a laptop, with a smile on my face and music playing in the background. But best believe that in my head, I am running a million and I am looking at everything. I am tense. I am, not I'm tense, but Demetra covered it. And I say it at my girl sessions that you can enjoy Randy's life of posting 40% gains in three weeks when he does something like that. If I, I not try to talk about myself in the third person, that's mm. iffy, that's icky, but I can say you can get to be that person if you are willing to also be the person up at 3 a.m. reading an obscure article that you translated on Google Translate mm-hmm. from Stockholm where it's talking about one half of a point that you need to confirm and you cannot sleep until you understand yeah. it. It, yeah, you, it's not that I would, I, I'm doing it because I'm, I am um, very, very, you know, driven. Uh, well, I, driven, yes, but I, I am very conscientious and I'm on, no, I'm doing it because I literally cannot yeah. sleep until you, I do. You know, you try to sleep and you're in the bed. I love Exactly. You literally cannot sleep until you've done it. Why? Because, hey, I put the, I did this all before at 2 a.m. And I put in a big order that should go through tomorrow morning. And I went to my bed and I closed my eyes. Uh, but before I even go to my bed, I went to brush my teeth. You bathe, you brush your teeth, you get ready for bed. And it's on my mind the entire time. Yeah. You're talking to it, you call, yeah, no, great, baby, it's cool. Yeah, yeah no, good night. And you go to bed and it's on my mind. And I close my eyes and I, pray, and I read a little before I go to sleep and it's on my mind. And I go to sleep. I might even lock my eyes and think I doze off. Uh-uh. It's like, yo, I have to know because everything is riding on this. And unless you're willing to live that, you cannot have the 
me tweeting about going to Cuba and thanking Jetcon for it, you know, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and one is indelibly tied to the other and I don't make any bones about it. I'm very open with that. I'm very open with it at my classes. I'm very open with it. That's what it takes. And if you're not ready to do that, you can't do it, but you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> That's like, the beauty. You know, I, I think, I think you also made a, a really good point um, there where you said, you know, you're you're not sure or you feel like you 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 can you know learn something more and and get better mm-hmm, and always another piece of information and you know for me it sort of ties back into our you know earlier conversation about you know mm-hmm. things like you know developing skills or improving resume you know if you think that you know you already are you know extremely qualified and your resume is is perfect and you've actually done everything and you are the best candidate and whatever then chances are that you're actually a lot further away from where you need to be right because you know a lot of really smart and driven people who who you know who are achieving career and business success they're actually people who always think that, well, yeah, but I can do this one more thing and I can learn this one more thing. And, and maybe, you know, I've done, I've done this, I don't know, CV or presentation or article or video or whatever it is that you do it. And, you know, they go and, you know, change it for fifth, 50th time, right? Because they just mm-hmm. want to make it better. And, uh, and, you know, and invest in a lot of time and you look at the end result and it seems like, you know, it's not that complicated and you can do it. But before you, you actually try and, and do something similar and, you know, in, in any field of life, you know, you, you don't realize that it's actually not as trivial as it seems. And, you know, for me, the, the biggest test of this, and I think, again, it's sort of relates to investment in a way is, you know, if, uh, if you had an idea about, you know, I don't know, business opportunity or, you know, what you do in a project or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, right. If you had that idea six months ago, and then you have exactly that same idea three months ago, you have exactly that same idea one month ago. And today, chances are you're just horribly wrong, right? Because you have done nothing to work on that idea, to iterate it, to make it better. You know, if you, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the same in business, right? If you started working on something six months ago and, and, you know, you're still at that same point where you believe that everything you believed before is correct, then you're just horribly wrong. Right. And, and you know, and this is where, this is where, uh, you know, for everyone who still listens without hating on me, uh, if you if you've written your CV six months ago or you know six days ago and you've applied to fifty jobs and you haven't heard back but you still think that your CV is top and you're the best candidate, just you know think about it in a different way, right? Or if you went to five interviews and nobody called back, it's not because they hired you know five nephews or sons or sisters, right? Just you know I I, I think that that point of always trying to improve is actually, you know, something that separates, you know, people who, you know, achieve sort of continuous success with, you know, many failures as well on the way from people who just don't even go and try. Right. 
and yep. you know what that, what you what you do in investment and, and you know this is why i think it's one of the reasons why i like the whole investment and finance topic it's it's a lot bigger than just investment or just finance it's yes. interdisciplinary yes. it's just life right yes. and, yep. and you yes. know i think for for many other areas it's exactly the same you know you don't you don't learn how to you know how to write a cv to you know to become a pilot you you learn how to you know convey your message in a simple form because that's what cv is so mm -hmm. you know if you're willing to look hard then you know you will apply everything you've learned in one field into a hundred other fields if you want to but you know you could also choose to look at it from a very narrow angle and just stop trying that's but that's not the choice that i recommend right and i i you you, you I, that's i'm happy to hear you say it and you're not Jamaican because I've, I've often wonder, no, I often a lot, I often wonder a lot, <laughs> no, about um, what is it about us that causes us to do that? And the people who see it, like when I see it, I don't like to think I'm special. I like mm -hmm. to think that anything I can do, anybody else can do because that's, that's a path that people can follow. But I don't hear this sort of thing from everybody else. I know somebody, a lot of other people have it. Big up this guy, Uncle Billy, who... I think I tweeted about, I did that thread about um, being a monetary trillionaire. <laughs> and um, I, I had pointed, it's the same usual Forex points. And I don't, you didn't get the responses mixed from some people. A lot of people liked it. I like that people got the message. But this guy was one of the people who pointed out, he described his time with forex in a way that I also see with investment, that mm -hmm. it's not really about that thing. You learn it like people wonder how can you learn to do what i do um a girl can teach you how to start but what i do is not just based on those day-to-day -day things it's, like, it's, it's not a codified this it's not yo i run through these simple tasks and then this happens it exactly <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people are looking for like a simple one formula yeah. and um they're expecting that they're, they're expecting that the one formula with, okay, I'll do this. And if the number is greater than four, I will know that I should buy. And if it's below four, then I don't buy or sell. It's good or bad, right? That it, no, you have to have a holistic view of everything. I have to pay so much attention to what's happening in Jamaica, in the region, in the world, just to invest in the way I do on the JSE. I, I, I mean, find it hard thing there. I, I find it, I would find it hard. I, I, we've spoken about this, about me going into the teaching thing. I would find Thank God for mm -hmm. Shanice. <laughs> but I would, find, yeah, I would find it, I would find it hard to bring that across because yo the for you to put for you to what you're putting out to people, it's so mm -hmm. it's it as much as it, it's a lot of it, it's not all of it. And I find it hard to go it's, I know what people expect from a class. People expect yeah. to be randy after they've done a they don't grow up. Yeah, that's crazy. But I, I well, you yeah. know what? Mm -hmm. Anybody, I mean, they know within ten minutes. The first ten minutes of grow, that's yeah. not what it's about. Mm -hmm. But but also they end grow with the understanding of what it is about and mm -hmm. that how you can because I want I want more means. I don't have nobody to talk <laughs> to, and then I, I can't always be chewing this guy's ear off. I want more people out there that um I can talk to, and they're not just talking to me to hear what I think they should buy. But that point I'm raising from Uncle Billy, and I'll re I'll put a link to. I mean, big him up. They're and, you know. Uh, Big up, Bill. Big up, man. Yeah, man. 
Othniel yeah, Bell. He... Big up. What's his name? Othniel. Oh, wow. That's a rare name. Uh, he has a Bible name, actually. Yeah, funny, I, know more <laughs> um, than, I know more than one Othniels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? yeah? Me too. But I don't know a lot of them. Um, Indeed. Uh, yeah. But the, here is here is somebody who is saying something that, and I put a tweet in the show notes, but that he said that, uh, what I respond, I, I won't go, to, I'll put also my thread in the thing, but I was talking about pretty much the stuff you've just heard us say, and his response was 100% facts. I've always said that if I was to ever consider developing, uh, and he has redacted, but I know his Forex as there, because if you know about Forex, you know not to tweet the word. Oh, yeah, he, he, does, <laughs> he, he does Forex, and uh, from yes. what I've heard, he's done well for himself. And he speaks like somebody who gets it. He said, if I was ever to consider developing a Forex course, it would probably look a lot like a four-year degree in economics, geopolitics, mm-hmm. and monetary systems with minors in developmental and market psychology. And the beloved charts would be an elective. Uh, when you hear somebody who does Forex saying that, you know, one, they understand what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Two, they, yeah, they, them charts. I, I, I'm not a fan of the yeah, yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan of those very, charts very, at all. Investments, one of, one of the first things you hear when you go into investments is future performance is not, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Yeah, exactly. In real life, you know that, yo, because this thing performs this way, it's not indicative of the chart. It the chart is, performs. the chart, the chart does not affect the future movement of the chart. The chart going up, not going to say, boy, they continue going up. It's, you know, you work like that. Life don't work like that. But yeah. Exactly. And, so and it's, you, um, you know, let, let, let me just add one point here, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. possible to make money purely based on quantitative strategies, right? You know, there are, there are funds uh, in the U.S. and everyone has heard about Renaissance Capital, who has been doing that consistently. Mm. Um, mm. And, and you know that book is actually really good. But one thing that that people forget is look. Well, actually, no. Hold on. Two things, because I know people are going. Sorry to cut you there, but I know people are going to ask what, what book you're talking about. Yeah. And, so, so the book- and the Renaissance Capital story. Yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm just looking at my Goodreads. The book is called The Man Who Solved the Market by Gregory mm-hmm. Zuckerman. And the book is about a guy who um, created and ran um, and still runs a, an investment fund. fund called Renaissance Capital, which is like, you know, the fund that has highest average annual returns, you know, in history, but it's it's not as publicly known as, you know, Warren Buffett's or Soros' mm-hmm. fund. Um, and they do quantitative trading only, right? So, you know, yeah. people... They have to introduce it to the people properly, Dimitra. It's sort of... I know a lot of people who listen to this watch billions. Um, quants. What the... What was what's their Taylor. name? Then I? Taylor. What's... Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. So Taylor what, Taylor, what Taylor and Taylor Mason does is based off what this guy pretty much did. Yeah. And, and look, Jim and, Simons, you, yeah. you know, p- p- yeah, people in his team, most people in his team have nothing to do with, you know, any knowledge about finance, business, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're ma- mathematicians, statisticians, PhDs in computer science. So yes, you can, <laughs> you can definitely make money like this, but it's, Definitely not as easy as just looking at the chart and saying, okay, you know, there's a break over X day average mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. where I get in or this is where I get out, right? Yep. Because it took these guys 
I think several decades to actually crack the model, right? Um, yep. It it took them a, a long time as well to like continuously refine it, invest in yeah. it, and you know <laughs> they've got algorithms crunching all sorts of data, mm-hmm. which I goes far to, beyond dude. you know the average moving you know of sixty, ninety, hundred, eighty days. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of similar to me to to that point about. Forex, can you make money trade in currency? Yes. Can you really compete with, you know, 200 PhDs who've been at it for 30 years and you just sit in your room and you bought a course on Instagram for $99? <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you choose to believe that, then probably try. But, you know, I, again, you know, my, my view is I'd rather think that I'm more stupid and not try it than think I'm smart, mm-hmm. lose a lot of money and then realize I'm stupid. Yep. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people realize that, um, like a lot of the noise that I started making about the industry came from the fact that I, I didn't know that I was pretty much beating the industry's returns again and again. And the reason I'm making the noise is not because, hey, guys, look at me. I'm so much better in the industry. It's I should not be beating the experts this easily. Mm. You get me? It's not, it's not saying I am so great. I'd love to be able to say that if I thought that experts were at that level. You get, But they're not. And I'm saying, hey, this guy who doesn't know what he's doing and is randomly doing it here is not supposed to beat the MBAs or the, the people who have been doing it for decades at what they're doing. Um, and it's not even because I, I don't it's I personally don't think it's because I am exceedingly better than they are. I think it's because local equity has pretty much been ignored for years. So mm. nobody even paid attention to it as an actual space mm-hmm. and place in which money should be made. Mm. I didn't know that they weren't doing that because I just literally didn't know. And I started doing it, but I had I don't have anybody in the industry as a kid. I was just doing it on my own. When I found out that, no, I'm beating them handsomely, I'm like, wait, hold on. I shouldn't be. So I started to complain. Well, I found out why first. Mm. You, know, you don't just start complaining. You find out why. And I realized it's not because, I, 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 I don't know. That, that was a, the core of it. it. I don't know if I am a star or, I, like, I don't know what a Jamaican star on, in the equity field should look like i don't know if i'm one because i don't have a standard measure to go against because i've seen what the standard measure is which is the industry mm. and they're woefully inadequate and they they have not looked on the, the the equity market seriously with the exception of one or two people and the one or two people who have done it are pretty much vilified also but they also have strong results mm. you mentioned qwi with one i is my personal view that like john jackson is heavily vilified in the industry and John Jackson is also obviously ahead of a lot of the industry, right? Mm. Um, and there, there are other cases that have said oh, there was a, that's another cool thread. Then I, the, um, I need to pick up the person who said it, but that question about you know the forces that move the Jamaican market, mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe we should do an entire episode on that separately. So I won't go too deep into that, but I will say that it was a great thread. And one of the things I had in there was Chris Berry is one of the strongest forces in my view on the market. Yep. Agreed. Because of because of the influence that his movement, the things that he has done, and what I assume a lot of times is his moves in the market, I I see a lot more from him than I see from the industry. I put the actual analysts and the houses what they're doing way down on the chart, off the chart really. 
yeah. because not because they're not good, but they just haven't looked at it as an area. And I understand why. Why would I risk two billion to make two hundred million in the market as a big house when I can just put two billion in a, in a in a in a bond and make ten percent, make five percent easy over ten years? You know, and it's not my money; it's your money. So I borrow your money, I put it in the bond, I offer you two. I offer you 1.3%, and I put in a bond at 8.7%. We lose maybe 3% of fees, and we eat the difference, and we pay you your 1.2% after we take out our taxes and fees. Um, and if you do that, you're, you, there's no need for me to run fast if I can go slowly and comfortably and get there. Yeah, but I who was the person talking? Most people. Say that again, Dana? I, I chalk most of chalk that up to the level mm-hmm. of education of our, of our investing public or people, also people that come into the market just don't know what's out there. So it's exactly. easy to sell them that if that if I cannot demand exactly. a, a different option, I can't get up exactly. and say, hey, I want more than that because in reality, what else, that's, what, what are the offerings beyond that? So Yes, exactly. Which is so why I... I yeah, and, and that's why I started this heavy push for um and so I started this heavy push for financial literacy because it's not about knowing which stocks to buy or whatever. It's it's, it's across the board, it's a load of things. I'll never forget a thing from my second girl. I think my second girl, there was somebody there who I'll never forget. It was a young lady, I don't remember her name, but she was there with a guy. Both of them had come to that girl. And I had explained dividends, I'd explained cap cap gains, and I'd ex- I had shown what the general dividend return level is in Jamaica over the last year. And she, she paused and she asked a question and I said, you know, what was the question? The question was like, I don't understand. Why would anybody buy anything for dividends then? And she was genuinely confused. And this is somebody who had a little bit of money and I, I assume had enough money to invest in whatever she wanted. And she'd always heard that, mm-hmm. that, you know, you invest for dividends because nobody had ever pointed out just a simple point of yield to mm-hmm. her, Right. And why would I point out yield to you and real return if what I'm offering is like four different flavors of the same low mm-hmm. yield, low return thing, right? Uh-huh. So when along comes this noisy guy on Twitter, Randy, telling people about how they can actually, there should be more out there for them, and they should be, um, they should, there should be, there should be a lot more emphasis placed on picks from the industry and getting picks right and tracking picks and publicly sticking to the picks that you've tracked and saying whether you got it right or wrong and why nobody wants that because then I might get it wrong and I might look bad right it has never it's a, that might be a Jamaican thing where nobody wants to get anything wrong and we're actually we, we tie a lot of getting things wrong publicly to shame so nobody wants to be shamed and it, it's funny what you get then is a lot of people saying yo I don't have an issue with being wrong you know mm-hmm. And it, it la- I laugh inside every time somebody tells me that because in my mind, it would never occur to me to say that in the same way it would never occur to me to say I don't have a problem with um, with reaching for a cup and missing it <laughs> because it's just not, it's just part of life. Yep. It never occurred to me to talk about it because it, I, I am going to get things wrong. It's part of how I get things right. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting it wrong, right? So it wouldn't occur to me to be shameful. It's, it's a very tricky thing I've realized. But because we are so ashamed of getting things wrong and it's such a big fear, we actually act, we talk about not having an issue getting anything wrong, 
But the reality is we don't actually do anything that could ever have us publicly have anything wrong, right? So when somebody comes along and goes, hey, how are you recommending XYZ when XYZ is very obviously going to lose people a lot of money in the next six months? You first, you go, what are you talking about? Who are you? you that don't make any sense. No. Yep. Why? And they talk about XYZ great. And I go, yeah, that's great. XYZ is great. But XYZ is also going to, the great company, is going to go through a rough time for the next th- six to eight months. Mm. Why would you send people into it? What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And then usually what happens is that month three or four comes along. It starts to dip. They start to feel it. And then do they then say, well, it ha- you're right, this has happened. Or do they then say, well, we'll revise our thing? No. They go, ignore that guy. <laughs> ignore that guy. Who is he? He isn't qualified. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And also, look at the long term of this. And more people are waking up to the fact that their money deserves a lot more than that. And I am happy to have somebody who is not involved in the long history of that, seeing it and speaking on it speaking to it, which is what you're doing, Dimitro, because you are used to a market in which the analysts are the lifeblood of it. You know, it is normal for analyst picks to be questioned mm. and um, followed up on. And we see whether or not we got it right. And there's nothing that comes out of it. Finance is not a nice, smooth X, Y, Z, one plus one is two field. It is a fractious field. Mm. There are people who, who are, I mean, it's money. It's a passionate thing. Mm. The same passionate people that Dimitri just mentioned where they can't finish to get a sentence. So you mean you guys have heard us on this podcast. You've heard me on this podcast. You've heard Dana on this podcast. It's uh, And other people too. You've, you've heard so much of it. Those people don't suddenly get in front of a, a trading screen and, oh, they're nice and we're in church. No, they're just as passionate. And if I'm passionate about something being right and you tell me I'm wrong, I am passionate as hell about it. And in worse, I'm going to say, all right, we'll see in three months. And you think three months is going to come and we can now tell if we're right or wrong, and I mustn't say anything. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna come back and say, it. yeah, why? Yeah, if I, if, if, written, you, it's very funny. It's always yo when 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 I'm telling you you're wrong, I'm very passionate about it. But then when yeah. time come and I'm, I was actually wrong. Why behaving like that? <laughs> you know, you know, it's 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 an interesting. It's an interesting point, right? And uh, again, I think it's it's multidisciplinary. And you know, my view on this is yes. Again, it's a mindset thing, right? And and unfortunately, you know, the way you know we were, and you know, myself included, we were brought up by you know the generation of our parents, and also educated at schools and universities is, you know, good result is you know do something right straight away right which discourages mm-hmm. people from doing things wrongly right because you know you know your your parents tell you okay don't do this don't do this don't do that then you go to mm-hmm. school where the school is like you know it's it's not about going from you know 30% on the test to 80% on the test over time and showing relative improvement right it's about you know, you either get an A and you're smart or you're getting C and you're stupid, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that, a lot of that um, mentality of, you know, fear of failure, fear of publicly talking about your mistakes comes from that sort of, you know, upbringing and educational background. And it's more prevalent again, unfortunately, in you know, developing countries because that's just how the whole educational system is is geared. And by the way, I mean in developed markets, it's 
it's still not perfect, right? But I think it's it's shifting there a little bit quicker than it is here or, you know, in, in other developing economies where, you know, people are are sort of being brought up in an environment where, you know, you try something, you fail, you change what you've done, you try again, you fail, but, you know, it's slightly better. And then, you know, gradually it becomes better. And I think, you know, again, it's sort of, you know, so sort of back to this whole, you know, growth versus fixed mindset. Yes, that might be true for, you know, me, you, some other people, um, but it's what you do with it. You are, you, you can either choose to say, okay, you know, that's, you know, I'll blame my school and, you know, my grandma, uh, or you can say, okay, that's how, you know, I look at certain things in, in this and this situation, but maybe I should try and do it differently. And, you know, uh, again, this is why finance is fascinating because it's just like life. Um, you know, I'll give you an example from from my personal experience, you know, I, I was brought up, uh, uh, you know, by sort of school and, you know, university education in exactly that mm-hmm. way. When I started working, you know, I had a huge issue with um, procrastination because I was just, you know, horrified to, you know, show someone my work until I thought it's perfect, right? So, you know, I would I would mm-hmm. be working on, on a you know presentation proposal and you know i'll just sit there in front of an empty slide and you know spend hours until something comes out and then you know i'll work you know day and night until i finish it off and then someone just says oh, okay you know just go and redo the whole thing um so you know <laughs> you know you know i think i think we're you know where, where this is coming from is in in our educational background and you know hopefully this thing is changing now where we're taught that you know 100 percent result is is perfect you know outcome with zero iteration so you should strive to 100 percent with zero iteration whereas you know in real life what you need to strive towards is you know do something to, you know, 40, 50, 70, 80% and just keep iterating at multiple times and get to 150% better and quicker, right? And it's, you know, it's it's sort of it relates to what you said about, you know, being, um, uh, being able to accept mistakes and, you know, accept them publicly and learn from them and do something better. Uh, you know, it's it's one and the same thing. It it is painful, especially if you're sort of ego driven. It is painful if you have to admit mistakes in public. It is painful if you're being held accountable, you know, in front of your shareholders, investors, and whatever. But that's the only way there is to actually get significantly better, right? And the fact that you're saying that you know people in the market are not necessarily kind of willing to go through that experience just confirms to me that, you know, it means that they're not going to get significantly better. And that's, that's not good news for someone who, you know, invests their money with, you know, professional investors, brokerage firms, whatever, you know, and the funds, because, you know, you know, you know, that they will a go for like super safe bets that, you know, you could have probably done yourself. Um, and B, if they get something wrong, you know, you'd never get a correction, of course, because, because you know, you know, they're just not willing to accept their mistake and and uh, and 
and, yeah. and change the approach. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting, a very interesting concept for anyone who, you know, either invests or, you know, does something in career or business, I would say like the best way to learn, you know, is just try, you know, change, try again, change again, try again, change again. And it's a never ending circle. There never should be a point where you arrive, right? Cause when you think you arrive, then that's, that means you're far off. Well, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, no host has ever gotten anything wrong. I can assure you that, uh, especially when they've gotten things wrong, is you're not going to hear them admit it, and they get angry at the people who point it out. And look, it's it's like you know it's 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 sort of the the issue of every developing uh, you know financial market and lack of very well developed competition, right? Because you know. Star investors in the UK get crushed all the time, right? There are star investors mm -hmm. who've ran, you know, successful funds and then they go out on their own and then suddenly people are pulling out hundreds of millions of pounds out of their funds because, you know, you know, the industry is run transparently. There is loads of competition. You can just get your money out and invest somewhere else. Um, so yes. there is no choice other than, you know, accepting accountability and responsibility and owning up to stuff you've done well and not so well, right? Because you will get punished whether you want to admit it or not, right? Clients will vote by pulling their money out. Whereas if you're yeah. if you're in a market that is, you know, less developed and there is less competition, then, you know, as a brokerage house or an investment um, house, you're in a slightly more privileged position because you know that, you know, there aren't that many other firms. You all are recommending exactly the same thing, right? So pulling from one and putting money yeah. into the other all friends. is They're not going to yeah. help. Then, you know, the process itself is prohibitive, right? Because it probably takes several weeks to, you know, go from, you know, pulling money out to, to putting money somewhere, somewhere else. You probably get slapped by some fees that you never knew about before so yeah. you know but it's i mean it's yeah. it's one thing that you know everyone working in the industry i'm sure realizes that's not gonna last forever right it it ultimately gets i don't know if they're i don't know if they recognize that the the responses have been going down a very for the last maybe year have been going on a very predictable path mm. uh, um at least as far as i expected which is Let's group up. Let's batten down the hatches, right? Let's ignore the world. Um, and I don't think that they realize that the real push, uh, at least what I know I wanted, was not... Because if you fix that, I, it, the gang of 12, I, I don't have more money than them. Um, I don't have more access. I can't do the stuff they mm. do. But what I can do, which I have, I think I'd like to think I've done, is I've worked on financial literacy, which is... You see the point you made of how in the London market traders either hotshot traders will leave and go out on their own and if they're good people will flock to them and if they're bad mm. the people know because people pull their money it's, yeah. it's open right um the reason why people are able to do that not just the transparency but also because the public themselves they, they are they have some amount of financial literacy mm. yeah for the most part the majority of jamaicans who would have put their money in anything a lot of them have no idea what the hell is happening. They just take it for granted that there's money there, which is why we've, for years we've managed to get away with things like they will tell you how much money you have made in interest over the last 10 years. They won't tell you the percentage, mm -hmm. right? Because 
2.2% sounds very great. doesn't sound very good, but um, 2.2 million. Yeah. Again, sounds great, right? And they're like, yo, two, yeah, I, I put my money in there. I put 10 million in and it's 2.2 million. And it sounds so good. And like, you pause, you stop a person. I've done it you maybe do. over 100, 200 times now to see it. When you bring a person, you say, stop. Let me get this straight. You put mommy's money in there in 2001. Yeah. It's 2020 now. And you now have 2.2 million, but you put 10 million in there almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So in 10 years, you've made 10%. Yeah. And, yeah, and then they go, you see them start realizing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that bad? And you go, well, it depends. You have to compare it to something else. Yeah. All right. And then what, what has happened now, though, with a lot of the JSC ads going out is that people have heard the JSC say how much they've grown and the market has grown, right? So if within that 10-year period, a lot of growth happened, why didn't I experience a lot of that growth? Why mm. am I down now, you know? Um, and, and people are waking up to that fact. No, you're right in that if a lot of people wake up, it can't continue. But I don't know that we can that we can't stop you from waking up in Jamaica because you also have to understand it's linked. I like how you keep linking both the personal responsibility point and investing point. It is linked to that. Waking up to your investments doing well is a matter of personal responsibility. It doesn't mean you're going to be in front of the computer being a pretend Warren Buffett mm. or a yeah, day trader. But it might be as simple as the money that you know you have in the bank or you're having a thing for the last five years. Go and check how much it's actually made you. And compared yeah. to how much you put in. Yeah. If it's if it's more than two years and you have made less than depending on what the instrument is, yeah. <laughs> if it's more than two years and you've made less than, I would say maybe less than if you've made less than 10%, mm-hmm. you might want to look at at your options. Because yeah. it might just mean that maybe you're in a, a low and slow product, right? It could be in a small safe bond and maybe you are open to a higher risk profile that sort of thing but just don't don't just assume that because a person had on a suit and they shook your hand and you know they said they know finance stuff mean that they actually know finance stuff right Mm. it it is across the board there are lots of people who don't do it and then nobody wants to think about that nobody wants to think about the personal responsibility of okay then i'm going to have to go and look it up i don't know anything about numbers i don't know anything about finance and you're scared just feel the fear. Don't don't let it kill you, but don't let it stop you either. Um, but I don't know that in Jamaica we can that that can't be stopped because they. I I, I hope it can't be stopped. I think maybe now is the first time ever that it is hard to stop because of social media, right? Like I don't have any big, I don't have any big, I don't have any sponsors actually. I don't have any hosts working with me. I'm all on my own. I'm just a regular guy talking. But what I put out there is out there, right? And maybe that can that I know for a fact that has inspired hundreds of people, and they have started to look at things. And the industry has changed as, as that has happened. But I don't know if you know how powerful this industry is, you know. Because, for example, you can't even say that there's no competition in the industry. There's loads of competition. There's more than ten direct competitors mm. just in the equity space, and the, somehow they all managed to settle at a two percent fee for years mm. all of them just happened to settle there and then knowing competition started and people like that yapper on twitter me that started to push things and highlight when somebody drops their fees yeah. you know, we're caught a couple of people have dropped their fees I, it's just changing slowly but i don't know that it can't be stopped because jamaica is a very 
No, it's I, a funny like, place. I, I, think, <laughs> I think in canon, actually, that feast point is is very uh, is a very good example, right? Because two years ago, mm-hmm. when when I came here, the fees were at two percent, right? Whereas now they're mm-hmm. at zero point five, and two years is a short horizon. I know they've been at two percent yes. for for a lot longer, right? But but uh, long, but yeah. uh, you know, still, and I think uh, things can change. But yeah, I, I you know I, I totally agree with the points you made on financial literacy because there clearly is a link between, you know, growing financial literacy, growing competition, you know, growing products offering. And, and you know, it's linked to it's linked to other things uh, as well, right? Uh, you know, um, higher GDP per capita is linked to, you know, higher education levels, higher financial literacy. Like, these things yes. don't exist in vacuum, right? You cannot just go and make everyone financially illiterate without making them, you know, let's say more educated or more productive at the same time and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, that's, that's actually a good thing. I think and it's a good opportunity because by, uh, you know, by, by doing certain things and, uh, you know, education, uh, you're you're automatically sort of improving people's understanding and you know opportunities and chances they get in in a number of, of other areas, right? So I think for you know for for someone who's uh, you know either interested in investing or you know career development or whatever, uh, a good news is that by developing in one field, you you will be able to connect the dots better and quicker in other places as well right so you know again uh, i think that's that's something you know i would take take away from this conversation is you know it, to me it's never about you know okay how do i write a better resume right or how do i you know find a stock that will outperform tomorrow it's more about you know you start learning in one one place and the deeper you go the more connections with other related and non-related areas you will see and you know it just makes you a overall better rounded person so that's yeah. that's how i choose to to look at it i i think so um and you touched on a the point there you know it's not ever about just knowing what the, the thing is for tomorrow or you know what not what the hot stock is or or, or the hot pick which I'm sure we get asked all the time, but I'm going to share some of that with you because uh, when we did have you here the last time, we did have you run the earnings season gauntlet. Oh, yes. Um, you did, he did do a lot of picks and he's so, he's fine. So one silver lining to the episode being lost is that, uh, Dimitra, you, you avoid the, the COVID dip. Oh, no, but so, I, I remember what I said and, you know, look, in, in, in the interest of transparency and I talked about owning up to mistakes, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember I said, I, I, I talked about, I think I talked about um, lab and mail pack, but I also talked about QWI Ooh. in a big way, right? So I was, uh-huh. I was big on saying that, you know, QWI is, yeah. is the best thing. Um, and, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't get it right. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm not happy to admit it, but I'm admitted it, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, you know, it didn't perform 
anywhere near to what I said it would, right? <laughs> uh, and and you know that's just the fact. I didn't I didn't get it right. You know I I, I thought it was um, it was under undervalued at, at that point when we spoke. It was right before COVID. And you know another thing because I remember we touched on COVID as well. And you know back then, which is what which was end of February. You know, I think what I said is like, oh, this thing is just, you know, somewhere in China, who cares? Um, <laughs> or something along those lines, right? And look, and, and you know, and, and, and I'm okay to, to repeat it now, right? I, I was wrong. I was horribly wrong, right? You know, many other yeah, people. Yeah, but let's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want you to kill, off, kill yourself and say, oh, you know, you were wrong. I mean, I, we, we were also pretty strong on QWI on this podcast. I don't know that we, we aren't still because COVID was a factor that yep. hit them. Um, yep. In fact, I didn't even want to say COVID hit them. I think for QWI, they, they made that decision that With I access. can't really understand. Yeah, to buy that heavy amount of access. It was, in my view, a mm. bad. It was obviously bad then and it continues to be bad. Mm. It's like an albatross around their neck um for the last few quarters and that wasn't a factor at the time you wouldn't have known i don't think that had come out as yet no i don't think so no yeah so it's not that so it's not about not getting it wrong you know which was always said before because i mean i also would have gotten it wrong then but my timeline generally would have been pretty far and things change but it's about why the why is important right yeah i mean the why is important but also you know What's important as well, and that was, you know, the learning with COVID for me is that, you know, we've all read Black Swans by the Sintelab, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, the fact that I read the book didn't make me think that there will be something like that happening in 2020, right? So, you know, that's, that's yeah. another, another thing that, you know, I think is important to consider, um, you know, th- there will be things that, you know, you will not get right and things that have nothing to mm-hmm. do with your, you know, specific stock pick or, you know, whether your logic yes. is just a, you know, an external event that affects so many other things, you know, um, and, and these things will just happen. So, you know, rather than, you know, try and use the benefit of the hindsight and justify it in one or another way, I think it's, it's it's a reminder for for me personally and you know for all of us that you know there are things that are just outside of our control and we cannot necessarily predict for that way we just have to accept it yeah and react to them and react to them yeah exactly and react to them because you know these things you know and you've i mean i'm sure you've done your portfolio rebalance and i've done mine i got most of the things okay i think some i didn't um yeah. <laughs> but but you well, know i mean you had a strong you had a strong set you just mentioned uh i wasn't even going to hold you to it i was going to allow you to just pick a new set and you'd be post-covid but you're right you got lab you got mail pack i mean lab is up cap gains what is lab at today lab at this point would be uh, is at two dollars sixty so mm. We're almost coming on to the one-year mark between when Lab listed and now. Up 160% pure profit. Eh, great. Plus, you'd already gotten a dividend. Pretty great. Um, and, and they just continue to perform. That's a strong stock, right? For, for that time period that you picked. So, I mean, we didn't go into what levels of money you would put in each. You just look at it dispassionately. Mm. That was a great pick. Second behind that is Mailpack. You up 91% in six months. With another story, an even stronger dividend. Well, I'm, that I, I'm not because you know my my average 
you know, price of mail pack at which I bought is, is not the mm-hmm. IPO price. It's, you know, more like 145 because I've been buying since, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's okay. And, you know, on, uh, on QWI, obviously I'm in red by, I don't know, 20% or something like that. Um, I but, think for QWI, you'd be down, yeah, quite a bit because at 73 cents. No, but that, but yeah, but, but, but my, my, uh, oh, your my average, average low. yeah, my average is 92 or something cents, right? About 90 cents. Oh, that, so, it, oh, you know, it, I mean, it's still not uh, like put 90 there. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I mean, whatever, be, right? Be, I mean, it's fifteen like percent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. like fifteen, sixteen percent. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I'm not claiming that I will be able to get it right all the time. And by the way, you know, talking about volume, I've got more money in QWI than I have both in Lab and Mailback combined. So you know, to sort of you know stroke my ego, I can say, oh, you know, okay, uh, you know, I've made X percent on Lab, X percent on Mailback, but I've lost in absolute mm-hmm. terms, or you know. In unrealized losses more on you know, more on QWI um, and you know it's it's just again for me it's it's a good learning and you know the whole crisis is as well that you know first of all you're not going to get everything right in the normal circumstances second you know in extraordinary circumstances you will you know get more things wrong but you know there are things you can do to rectify it at least to an extent um, but, and, and also I think another, another one for me is like, um, even in the presence of external events, um, you know, if so, some of your beliefs may still be correct, you know, even if, you know, at, at this certain point in time, you're down. Right. And, you know, I think I still believe that's, that's the case for, for QWI. You mentioned X is there, but you know, they hold, um, uh, a, a, a much sort of wider portfolio of stocks, including in the U.S. With I mean, the U.S. part is, is helping them right now, of course. Um, so you know, I, I still believe that uh, you know it's an it's a it's a good uh, investment opportunity as a stock. Um, and uh, you know, let's see what happens next time with Tokyo. Yeah, well, let's see. Well, I mean, you can pick. Nobody knew that, but I like that you you came openly with it. But what I wanted you to do with, in light of the, to say no, is in light of the everything that's happened. I mean, what 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 do you like in the market and why? Look, I haven't done one of those in a long time. Look, man. you know, I would, <laughs> you know, I would say, you know, there are still stocks that you know went down significantly, but are are fundamentally strong, and you know, some of the banking picks, right? Um, on the main index, I would I would still go for them, especially now, right? So uh, I haven't actually like looked at it in super detail, so I'm, I'm not going to have the latest up to date information for you. But I'd say you know your um, your GMMB, you know your uh, proven, um, you know these types of stocks, uh, I would still put money into them today. Um, and then when it comes to when it comes to junior market, I'd say. You know, I'd still at, at the levels that are currently there. I'd still invest in Lab. I'd still invest in Mailback. You know, I'd I'd look at companies that are you know undervalued. You know, on sort of um, comparables basis mm-hmm. uh, relative to the yeah yeah. I mean, P is is one right relative to to the overall market, but you know, mm-hmm. have an above average. Uh, 
you know, um, growth opportunities and, uh, you know, above average sort of, how would I call it properly? Like, you know, market or, you know, overall sort of economy uh, benefits from COVID, right? And like Mailpack is a good example. I know you guys talk about Mailpack a lot, so I'm not just going to repeat it but you know it's a good example if you think about it you have a company that's traded significantly below the average price to earnings of the junior market yet that's the company that actually grows their earnings to a um to a higher extent than the rest of the junior market and at the same time that is the company that actually is one of the few who who benefit, you know, I'm not talking stock now, I'm talking about business itself, right? Who will benefit or who already benefit from, you know, the fact that, you know, people order more delivery, stay more at home and so on. So, you know, if you put those those several things together, then, you know, you need to do some more detailed analysis, of course, but it doesn't sound like the worst idea in the world for me. Same goes for lab, right? You know, if you think about a company which, um, you know, actually does stuff that, uh, uh, again, I'm talking business level rather than stock, right? Does stuff that, you know, actually, you know, gets more demand in, in, uh, in a situation like we're in uh, versus, uh, versus other businesses. It's the company that, you know, has a strong balance sheet, and, you know, enough cash. It's a company that also, and again, I haven't looked in detail on the financials, but just looking at it from the business perspective, right? It's the company that I assume without looking has, you know, in terms of their cost structure, has higher percentage of variable cost versus fixed cost, right? Because most of their cost is people. Uh, you know, if you if you if you're a business like that, then you can you know adjust your cost base according to demand and market situation. You know, um, you can choose to you know, employ, you know, 50% less people starting tomorrow, if you so wish, right? Um, so you, you're, you're, you're much better positioned to kind of adjust to, you know, picks and troughs of demand. So when you put that together with, you know, strong balance sheet, cash position, uh, being in the Heavy industry, yeah, yeah, being in the industry that, that benefits from the crisis. And also, I don't remember exactly, but I think they're, if not below average uh, sort of PE ratio to junior market, they are, are probably the average, even though, you know, in, in terms of uh, earnings growth. Uh, um, I think they're way below. Yeah. I mean, the lab has a PE today at, at $2.60, the lab has a PE ratio of 16.17. Yeah, which is, which, which is the average market is what, 24, 25, right? Um, yeah. Overall market today, I think, is above 30 times junior believe it or not oh ju no not junior, yeah, not ju junior. I'm, I'm thinking junior uh, junior i've seen somewhere like 24 25 i'm not sure it's the latest but but i mean any case in any case i mean the point stands right they're significantly below below that so if you put all those things together you know you're probably not not wrong at least in you know half of them right so yeah, that's that's twenty four times. Take. Yeah, the yeah. junior market as of today is at twenty four point one times, and and the lab at sixteen times is obviously well below, and the lab mm -hmm. continues to outperform. So, I mean, you took two 
I think great picks, easy picks. I'll but but you know, I'll, I'll I'll and I'll say this again, and you know, maybe next time we talk, I'm still wrong. I still believe QWI <laughs> is a, is a good pick at at at, at its current uh, at its current price. I don't remember. I haven't checked lately what uh, what the net asset it's value not. is of as of now, but mm-hmm. I believe it's probably you know still at least 20% or probably even more undervalued. The last I've seen was about $1. So it's more than, uh, than 20. Yeah. So no, this is all right. So this, Oh no, it's 3rd of July. It's, yeah. So no, one it's pretty three. good. So the third of, up to the 3rd of July, yeah. the net asset value was a dollar and three. So, so, you know, I still believe that, uh, uh, that fundamentally it's a, it's a good, uh, uh, it's a good pick and, you know, uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll be wrong again, but uh, that's fine. I can. I'll, I'm still thinking that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't personally think you're wrong. I mean, as I would say, I always pressure the night, but we haven't done this in a long time. I'll just I'll, I'll pressure myself. Um, <laughs> QWI is also one of the stocks that I I, I expect to do well. Um, maybe over the next, but again, it's a long timeline, right? Because of the, the nature of the asset, maybe the next year, I don't want to give anybody my thoughts on anything much lower than that. Um, I do, I will say that I do expect them to have good results. They haven't had a run of good results recently, but I do expect them to have good results soon. And with a net asset value of $1.03 or an, and an actual share price of 70 something cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the story pretty much writes itself yep. that if not that the story does not write itself because net asset value will not mean that um, share price has to go there. However, yeah. I will say that uh, I do expect them to possibly be pretty well, um, do pretty well. What else would I like these days? I mean, I, we mentioned at the top the Indies that uh, Indies as a company is strong and Indies as a company is not only strong, but the share price is for some reason cheap right now mm-hmm. before a great dividend and a dividend is guaranteed money. So, I mean, we said openly, and I stand by that I'm going to be buying more. I've bought and I'll be buying a lot more. Um, I, like, I like Indies in the near term. I do also like, uh, I mean, not, not what I like, but what I'm excited about. You know, I, I, I've given two. I'm going to shut <laughs> up. I don't want to go any. Yeah, I don't want to give any, go any further. Okay. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep quiet on that one. Then I, you won't drop any or, or you're good with it like that? Uh, probably good, but I'm looking through. Maybe something I want to speak on. Yeah, that's 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 the the, the 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 issue these days. It has gotten a lot. The responsibility of our voices <laughs> has started to weigh heavily because we do get these things pretty right, and I think enough people are starting to realize that that's money that we're giving away for free. Uh, all right. in, in, so something yeah. I, I won't necessarily give a pick pick per se, but there's something I mm-hmm. found very interesting. CPFV. Um, you've heard him speak on it mm-hmm. before. Uh, CFP PPFV, yeah. We have we've spoken on it before. We've spoken about mm-hmm. the thing there, but other day in all the group there, I asked, you know, give me some picks that some off the road, off the side of the road picks that you're not really hearing about. And mm-hmm. I think it's Marvin Gordon, big up Mr. Oshad or something. His name is on Twitter. Mr. Shoshad, I think. I think I think that is his Twitter. That that is his his Twitter handle. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. Yeah. For, yeah. I don't know who you're talking. He, yeah, man. He gave, he gave, he put for the CP, CPFV, and it's in line with our reasoning for why we like it. You know, the profits come in, and despite everybody was saying, "Boy, them did the buybacks," and if you look at it, the buybacks have been 
beneficial to shareholders. It is you saw where it, where the stock price itself falls into a rut. So it falls into around thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. So and then they come in with a buyback. And then you see that spurs the stock on forward. And if you really look at it, you can see where you're, there's an opportunity there. If you're if you know if if you're at a comfortable low where it's below the thing there, it's below the the nav of the company. Then mm-hmm. and they they've been buying properties. They they're investing in new properties. They are getting income from their properties. And so you can see where now income is coming in. They if there's a buyback program in place because uh. You know the usual. Ah, so I know already. For some people can't speak on it. Um, David and Stuart, they clarify mm-hmm. what is actually happening with the thing there with the shares. So the it's easily checkable in the um audited. They do speak on the fact that they cancel the shares. So that means that it's not that the mm-hmm. shares are being held for resale. So the outstanding shares of the company are actually decreasing when they do buybacks. Which means yes. that yo, when I when no buybacks happen, if I'm a holder of a company, then I own a larger percentage of the company today than mm-hmm. I did before the buybacks. Which means yo, I have a higher profit allocation and dividend allocation. Yes, it does take some of the company's money to buy back the shares, but if you really look at it, mm-hmm. how much of the company is actually being bought up, and if you're looking for, for and, future and if value, they buy it below its nominal exactly, value, which exactly. is an amazing thing also. So you're actually getting a deal on the price of the shares. So exactly. maybe you can participate in the buyback when when they are buying back or even just hold the stock mm-hmm. so you can look and say, boy, maybe the dividends are better. My How much are profits mm-hmm. worth to me? And you know the thing, go more profit allocated. More profits, mm-hmm. per, more, better EPS is very like it's very like the result in a, um, capital gains growth. It's not something that still people are, time. yeah. So it's not it's not a company that still people talk about, but it's a company I, I like. Just looking at it, you know, it's a it's a good company. So there, those are the words on that one. Um, a big up I want to give because recently, remember our episode where we spoke about PE and mathematically, I look at the PE function and I said it's really how long I invest in how long till the company pays back in profit my initial investment. So I buy the company at 40 and it's a PE of 20. Then it would take two years or something like that. No, yeah. What are you It would take 20 years. I buy the company. It doesn't matter the price I bought the company. So the PE of the company, so the PE is 20. Mm-hmm. It would take 20 mm-hmm. years for the com- 20 years for the company to pay back in profit. So it would take 20 years of that same profit, whatever it make at 20, to give me back my initial investment, right? Return on capital investment. Yeah. So <laughs> Te- technically, your capital investment. So I buy the company at X, yeah. and the company is worth a PE of twenty. Then, if it will mm-hmm. take twenty years of that same profit level ROE. to finally give me back to for for you to pay me back my thing, my initial investment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Resworth Merchants. I heard he. So I I reached I just reached that conclusion by looking looking at it. I think every every application of PE would stem from that. It it just makes sense to me, right? So I'll, I'll, wow, I'll, I mean, I, I think we could do an entire PE episode because oh, how you described it is not how I would look at it. Not that you're wrong, it's just it's not how I approach it. That's such a good point. I'll see you don't. Sorry. But I can see where every single application of PE, compar- using it comparatively, using it as a standalone, mm-hmm. just to look at a company and say, would I buy this? Just look at just any company, mm-hmm. you get a company, look at it and you say, but would I buy that? It would, it would take me mm-hmm. 20 years to get more money if I make the same profit every year. Then it does mm-hmm. make sense to 
if I'm looking for a twenty, if I'm a twenty year old, then yes, buy the company, right? Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, I reached that independently by looking at it. But I heard a res- apparently, I, I've never heard somebody else speak on it in that way. It always, oh, how much of the, how much I would pay for the profits of a company? Something it's so, always sounds so obscure. And then the application of it is always one dimensional. Boy, compared to um, compared to its comparables in the market, I, I don't fully subscribe to all of that. But if you think there, um, yeah. where's Worth Merchants, the yeah. CEO of VMworld, there was a forum. Is that, is that what he is now? Or is he like the VM group? VMworld, man. VMworld. Oh, he's VMworld. He's, he's yeah. the CEO of VMworld. But um, mm-hmm. he, at a, at a forum they had the other day, he mentioned, he, he, he explained PE in that way. So, you know, um, I've never heard it explained that way, so I figured at you know, you know Marie Rose. I always talk about him. He um, mm-hmm. he's a he's a person that he's practical about investing, and he speaks practically about other things. And you can see the results. Just open VM's numbers. Yeah. See, yeah. In the time that he's there's, been, there's at least one of them. There's at least one of them in almost every house I've realized. <laughs> you know, one or one or two really really sharp people who and he it. he invests. Um, yeah, he, he invests successfully. You can you can check. Whatever oh, you want, he, he actually he actually invests. In, in invest. so, yeah, so yes, that is true. He's an avid investor. So um, yeah, big up Rez. He reached something that I reached independently. So um, just 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 chip on my shoulder in a way. <laughs> um, I mean, congrats. I know the feeling, but I, I yeah. feel it's like, it's like, compelled to remind you that that's confirmation bias. <laughs> yeah, man. But if, thank you, thank you for causing us to hit yeah. each other with that all the time. Though to be to be honest, there's <laughs> the, um. It's right. <laughs> it's yeah. fully correct. So uh, it's not. Like, it's, not it's, yeah. like it's not a matter of opinion. It's literal fact. If you look at the, the formula for PE, that's exactly what it's saying. So big up raise um somebody. So somebody to rate, to rate that level, I reach that can explain it in that way sensibly. Then big up every time. But yeah, yeah. And 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 it, at the level he is and the post he's in, he's going to get less. Obviously, probably no pushback. Oh yeah, man. That's sort of, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're making me think about your explanation of it. That's definitely fodder for another episode. Because I'm thinking, no, it's how did I just oh, I like I naturally describe it as the return on each dollar that you pay based on the last twelve months mm-hmm. income mm-hmm. profit yeah. net income, which is how I think. But then I actually think about what that means in terms of net income because the reality is. Although it's profit, I'm not actually getting it. They're not paying it mm-hmm. out to me, you know. Yeah, yeah they, they, they pay out a piece of one quarter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it is a great way to think of it, though. And if you're at the scale that that, that would Resworth and company would um, be working at, where you know they can make mm-hmm. big multi-million dollar decisions and grab huge chunks of companies, then it, I'm sure it's even realer for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good big up. That's a good point and a good a, a good pick for yourself for uh, post-corona pick <laughs> oh gosh well we've been talking for a long time Dimitri I don't want to keep you any longer and we have had people here a good little while it looked like almost three hours so I'm going to call time on this one I'm going to say thank you to you Dimitri thank you Dimitri for another good episode <laughs> thank you for another good one and, no, um, thank, thank you guys for having me it's always Randy you made me call his name you. wrong Dimitri <laughs> Dimitri am I not, am I not pronouncing it correctly that's fine that's okay you pronounce it fine oh god you know he's been in jamaica long enough for everybody to butcher it (laughs) no 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 you you know you know 
you you do the big ups. I'll do big up for Starbucks Liquidy because all the guys there learn how to spell it. So you know. Ah, all right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big one. So big up Starbucks Liquidy. Um, <laughs> and I, I hope haven't been in a while. <laughs> I've never been actually. Oh really? Yeah. That's a good big up. Anything else you want to throw at the people, Dimitro? No, that's it. Look, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's great to talk to you guys as as always, and uh, you know, always interesting to hear your thoughts. Uh, so thank you for that. All right, All right sir. Thank you. Thanks yes, for coming. Thank you. thank you very much, sir. It's always good to have, especially an external view. People you will likely hear more from Dimitro Indeed. from us as long as he'll take he'll take my calls. Uh, we we'll you'll probably be back on another episode because i like having an external view to the market and he has it um i i i myself you guys have heard enough from me so i'm randy i'm at rt on twitter and i'm denia h denia on twitter and this has been earning season hope you guys enjoyed it guys bye guys